Hey, buddy, hey, relax. <laughs> I know you're just probably here to try and do your job, right? I'm trying to do my job, too. Okay? Okay, but you know that feeling you get? You know that feeling you get when you're in traffic and someone cuts you off right in front of your face? He drives by you and he's smiling at you. And for the next little bit, all you can think about, all you want to do is fantasize about what would you would do if you had him just for 30 seconds. What would you do if you had him for 30 seconds alone, right? Me? I can't stand the way I'm thinking about things, man. It's fall, fall, fall. I hate myself right now, you understand that? Because all I want to do is I want to take your head and I want to run over there and I want to smack you in that cement wall. And honestly, bro, I can't even handle myself. I am a hair away, right? So I want you to do something and I want you to just do it for me and do it for you, right? Do it for both of us, right? I need you to reach down and I need you from the bottom of your soul to look me in the eyes, look me in the eyes and apologize to me and tell me that you didn't mean to bust this. You didn't mean to come in and mess this oh, around. No, Tell me you meant that. Fall. Tell me you meant it. Tell me you're sorry. It's all your fault. It's all your fault. Really sorry. I didn't mean to. Jared? What the hell? Jeff Jared? I can't believe this. This has been a year of setbacks. One after another. But I'm not like everybody else who takes a L and goes home and cries about it. No, 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 no. I take that like a man. I go home, regroup, get pissed off, and come back and whoop ass. I'm not like, a lot of you have asked what happened to Thomas Hong. What happened to the crazy shoot out the mouth Thomas Hong? <laughs> Well, let me tell you something. That Tomatonga, <laughs> that Tomatonga has grown up because in the past, I just let that energy go like a raging bull attacking everybody and anybody. Everybody can get it then, but now a grown up, mature Tomatonga is precise, focused, and bottles that energy, that rage, and direction in one target at a time. How focused Tamatonga is a dangerous motherfucker. Good shit. Late to every episode. Late so much, I'm going to have to buy you a pregnancy test. Bob Rude. <laughs> I want to be a podcaster. Yay! It's my name, Kenta. Kenta. I'm going to call him Kenta. Dynamite drop in, Monty. That broadcasting school is really paying off for you. <laughs> You're so high, you don't even know it. Oh, I'm a boy. You ready for a scotch ad? We don't know anything <laughs> about him. The only thing he's got in his wallet is a bunch of names of whorehouses. <laughs> That's flare! <laughs> Probably looked like Jim Duggan digging the tape out of his crotch. Benoit, enjoy my wife. <laughs> That's a bold statement, Cotton. Oh my god, mine just stopped recording. No, we're good. We're still recording. What a dick! <laughs> I'd cease and desist me. I'd cease and desist me hard. I need a minute to recover off that. What kind of game is it? War games! Let a war! War games! Our impressions. I have, yeah, I know. That's the only thing I've said in the last half hour. Bark like a dog. dog. <laughs>
Oh, 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 jinx. Holy shit. How did that actually happen? Here we go. Good wrestling day. It's Wednesday, and you know what that means. It's the Top of Wrestling Podcast. We're here again, as always. We never let you down every Wednesday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. I am the professor, Mark Fantasia. Thanks for joining us once again. It's the ninth episode of the never-ending Season 5. Well, like 9.5 in a way. Well, we do have the little extra tidbit with Orange Cat. Anyway, hey, thanks so much for listening to us on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Amazon Music, Pandora, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. As you listen to in the opening sounds, been somewhat of a busy couple of days this past weekend with some pay-per-views, a lot of news, and this week is the 25th anniversary of the Montreal Screwjob. And we're not just revisiting it today because that's the thing to do. No, no, no. We've been taking this journey for a year and a half now, watching the Monday Night Wars, watching every Raw, every Nitro, and every pay-per-view in between. And I'm seeing that some people are finally starting to talk about it this week because it is the anniversary of it. But we're actually here. We've been chatting along the way, so we have all the... The feud that's just been building from sunny days to uh, the, oh man, the holding off the super kick to after the show went off the air. A lot of bad blood that just went on between Michaels and Hart. We're going to rehash that today as well as our top topic. Just, it kind of worked out. I told everyone that our top topic was going to be Kaufman and Lawler. We'll get to that at some point, but it worked out perfect. What if the Montreal screw job never happened? A lot of things may never have happened, and a lot of good things could have happened. So we'll be talking about that today. Plus, we'll be talking about bringing to the table our wrestler of the week, and of course, WWE, AEW, and New Japan news, as always. Ladies and gentlemen, they will need a rocket up their asses if they're going to catch him in the league. O-D-M. Well, yesterday can go fuck itself. Go ahead and play the sad music so we can get on with the show. I can't wait because the day after my birthday, it's the rematch in Buffalo. So, just about a month's time from now. And it's funny because I do have a, a cousin that we were arguing back and forth on 
uh, Facebook right after the game because I caught that one guy decided to pick his nose clearly on camera. <laughs> so, I mean, like he had a whole couple of knuckles up there, and and he's like, "Yeah, well, your claim to fame is uh, jumping through tables." <laughs> Your claim to fame is that you had a QB that put his his head right up someone's rectum at some point. So, yep. eh, we all have our faults. <laughs> Fuck the Jets. Well, hey, man. um, I have to retract a statement. I said it's got to be a work. There's no way. I, I think that Punk is going to come back to AEW. Uh Incorrect. Did you happen to see? Oh, no, I know you didn't. I always ask this every week, and I actually sent you a message, and your actual message back was, the fuck? (laughs) Cole Cabana challenged Chris Jericho this past week on Dynamite. How about that? So what's your theory on the punk? Well, never mind. I already know your theory. Never mind. Never mind. I got it. Um, I will, I don't want to, unfortunately, you know, I, I don't want to repeat sentiments, but I 100% agree with Cornette. I was listening to to his drive through and the, he's like, are you just trying to get Punk to sue you? Are you trying to have him fuck with you at this point? Like, his biggest complaint was how the EVPs went under his head, or under him and undermined him and talked all that shit you get Cole Cabana yada 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 and now it's showing that Tony is siding with all of them even more so with that I'm like oh my god it's just now it's Tony playing childish games I give AEW three more years at best (laughs) yeah I mean is it that he's is he playing games or is he just that tone deaf you know what I mean I really think he's got the the Bucks have his ear. I mean, unless unless they just know that he's not coming back and they're just not telling anybody and they're like, fuck it, we'll put Cole Cabana back on TV. Because we know he's not coming back anyway. You know? It could be that. It's or then again, it could be the Bucks. Another person that he... Yeah. Well, it's funny because the other person uh, involved with that generally is Uncle Dave. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I read something the other day about... His take on the Lashley Lesnar ending, and he's like, Yeah, they were supposed to have it at day one, uh, or at some point, but or I don't know exactly when they were gonna do it. Why the fuck are you reporting it? If you go, yeah. It's gonna be either this date, this date, or I actually don't know at all. <laughs> Seems pretty accurate, <laughs> right? So, I it, it, look at I don't think that punk would go to WWE. Let's, I hate to keep bringing this conversation up, but let's just bring it up for, just for a quick minute here. Could he work under Triple H? No. Okay. Negatory. It's kind of my thought because I always go back to the Cabana podcast and the whole, you know, Triple H went over him at Night of Champions in Buffalo. Uh, You had then the Nash shit, and, and then finally, you know, they, they delayed that, and then after, or it was supposed to be him and Triple H at WrestleMania 30, right? It, so it's, Triple H was always going to try to hold his foot on top of Punk's head and keep him down right. below him, or the shovel, right. as everybody knows. So, eh. But, you know who Triple H did some good stuff for? Nakamura. 
apparently brought up to Vince McMahon, I would like to face the great Muda at Pro Wrestling Noah, January 1st. Vince was against it. Of course. And Nakamura said that as soon as he, as soon as Triple H took over, he approached Triple H on it and he goes, yeah, I'll make the phone call. And Sonny Ono actually had a, a hand in it. Nice. You know, because he's a, he's a big ambassador for right. um, for both uh, countries, we'll say, to work together when it comes to wrestling. You know, it amazes me sometimes. I watch, you know, I, I, I love watching Gaijins in New Japan, right? Mm-hmm. You got Kenny Omega, AJ Styles. You learn how to speak the language, right? Maybe you learn how to say certain wrestling moves. Um, obviously, in 2022, you could just speak it into something and you could put a match together with, with a digital uh, Google trans- Translate. But then this, yeah, but this past weekend, I watched Naito and Osprey, and I'm like, just the barriers of countries coming together and then different uh, language barriers as well of everybody coming together. I just love watching that, and I think it's huge. WWE. They shy away from it, and I feel like it's just as many Americans as possible. And if you can't speak the language, sorry, you can't do this. And I'm like, but you don't like fucking Kamala never said shit except <laughs> for like five, six years. It was fine. Yeah. All right. What other kind of news we got? All right. It looks like Nick Aldis is uh, done. He's leaving the NWA. It looks like in. Uh return Billy Corgan is suspending him. I don't know if that's him trying to maintain kayfabe, which is kind of weird. If the news already broke that he's leaving, why are you going to suspend him at this point for kayfabe's purposes? It's, but I quit. No, 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 no. You're fired. <laughs> yeah, right. It was a weird thing. I saw that and I was like, okay, but here's another, here's where I'm going with that. Nick Aldis, I feel like was turned down by WWE. Mm-hmm. Because of his size and stature, he's a small guy compared. He's like uh, Eddie Edwards, Davy Richards size compared to. I mean, like Cody Rhodes looked like a giant up against him when they had the All In match. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, Triple H taking over. I feel like this could be a good thing. I don't think he's going to go over to AEW because if he if he was going to, the last three years would have been the opportunity. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, It's interesting. Well, Uh, we're suspending him. All this is, yeah, all this has been like the cornerstone of NWA, really, uh, for quite some time. So it's going to be interesting to see how they move on without him. Between him and Trevor Murdoch, I've noticed. Uh, I'm going to sneak one in here that's not in the notes. I don't know if you saw, but somebody has snapped a picture of Vince McMahon recently where he's out to dinner with a... A woman uh, looks to be on a date, and it's so funny because the look on his face, it looks like a bad oil painting because um, it's kind of a grainy photo. It's I don't not know if, real. I don't it's know. old. Is it old? Look at his hair, man. He looks like it's 2003 at best. Bro, he could get his hair color. That's not a big uh, uh, exception for him of all people. Yeah, I don't oh, know. Maybe he just right. didn't do it for the last however many years when he was on TV. He chose yeah, to wait until he was out. I don't fucking know. You know how that dude. Would you like works? to see my grapefruits? <laughs> Ew. Moving on. Wish I never would have brought that up. Uh, one of the coolest things uh, that I've seen in a while, and something that you sent me and that I watched and responded to, so I'd like some extra credit for that. Uh, MLW. <laughs> I'm impressed with that. Actually, twice. Uh, we'll say before you do this one, I sent you the uh, 
prank call of the John Cena oh, thing with the radio station, fucking with yeah. the lady. I sent it. I'm like, hey, man, just it just came up, and I figured I'll pass along the love and the laughter on Friday. <laughs> oh, it's so great. It's it's one of the best prank calls ever. I love that one. Um, MLW pays tribute to their super fan, and you know, they, basically the fans in general, but they call out one in particular, and it's fucking Vlad. They do a little video package with him. He was there. They gave him like an award. It was really fucking cool. Uh, and my response to you was, you know what? Hopefully now that Triple H is in charge, they actually green light and finish or release that documentary that they were supposed to do because they're going to have a bunch of great shots. You know? That makes me wonder if that thing was put on hold. I mean, it came out, I think, in the pandemic. Yep. That video. Yeah, that's when the Yeah, the whole thing was about out. him walking yeah. around being like, it's gone, there's nothing here. So, but who put the the stop on it and that's wow i wonder if triple h was behind it in the beginning and him being away and then him coming back if that's the case oh i'm excited because that would be i want to see it right or who who the fuck knows it could be triple h is the one that shot it down for all we know but hard to tell highly doubt that i hope so yeah (laughs) look nash is walking in vlad what's up you know what I mean? Like all of the boys were with him in that. There's no oh, way Sid, he wouldn't want to have Sid that won the show. title and went right to right to Vlad. I love that. Yeah, great. We're moment. gonna see him again soon, by the way. Oh yeah, he'll be uh, coming up at SummerSlam '98. Um, a couple other places. Um, hey, well, since that is uh, pretty much all the news, I want to give three special shout-outs. Uh, I know one is actually a new listener as of recent. My buddy, he's like, so when are you guys gonna get on YouTube? Motherfucker, we started on YouTube, but hey, all right. We're all over the place. But when he's working, he likes to use YouTube. So my boy Spada is just listening. He's like, you got to cover old school stuff. All right, man. Well, second half of our show. I was going to say, obviously, you're not a listener. (laughs) Not yet. Not yet. He's just getting there. But uh, he likes the old school stuff. He tries to watch some of the newer stuff, but can't get on board with this. So he's he's like, I'm going to listen to the second half. So His real name's not Nickel Polowski, is it? No, that can you do Saturday night's main event? Yes, any matches in particular? But can you do Saturday night's main event? Um, have you seen the movie on Netflix, Jexy? What is it? Jexy. No. So, uh, I, I'm not going to get his name right right now, and it's not going to matter. But uh, a, a comedian. Uh, I can't think of it. Look it up real quick while I'm talking. Uh, this comedian is in this movie, and he is basically addicted to his phone, as many people are, and he starts to learn life without having his phone uh, to his side as much and meets a girl and yada, yada, yada. Um, what is the reason I'm bringing this movie up is while I'm watching it, there's a part where he's at a red light and he is trying to go across the street and this guy peeks his head out of a big ass truck and goes, move your ass. I got to get to yoga. First fucking funny line. That's already hysterical as a big guy coming out of a truck. And I look and I go, oh my God, it's AJ Kirsch of Hood Slam and Best of the West. Oh, no I go, I knew that he do, he does cameos. He's done work for WWE. He was even on part of one of the Tough Enoughs, I believe. Um, you know, he's been around and was a cameo. I go, that's really cool. And he had his retirement match the very next night at Hood Slam against the owner of Best of the West, Mike Rain. 
who we've heard talk on our uh, podcast when we yep. interviewed him. And I watched some of the match, some of the clips that were out there. It, everyone was like, it was a very, uh, what's the word you want to call? Uh, passionate, sad, but like emotional, happy moment. Yeah. Emotional. Thank you. Jesus Christ. The one word I couldn't find, um, word. very emotional because everyone has watched them together for a long time. And, but the one clip I saw is where Mike throws AJ Kirsch into the bathroom, into one of the handicap Porter potties. Cause it was an outdoor show in California throws him in the porter potty and then he just goes in there and joins them and you see it banging left and right like they're fighting in there and I'm like ah oh, god I just love indie wrestling sometimes <laughs> uh but yeah the movie Jexy had AJ Kirsch thought it was a great little cameo and did you figure out who the actor was Adam Devine Yes that guy He was in uh Modern Family he's been in a lot of movies um actually I think Workaholics Workaholics yep Yep I always like the one workaholics one where the, the sl- when someone's like you say something instead of doing the fast jerk off motion you do the real slow one. Do you remember that one? Ever saw that? No, I didn't watch that. Can't say you did. All right, man. Let's talk about <laughs> Crown Jewel as well as Bell Autumn. I'm gonna put my money on you didn't watch either. No, I almost did on Saturday, uh, but we had some things going on. I went out and bought a new bowling ball, so actually that was a lot more exciting. It's a Christmas story. Oh, it's a bowling ball. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big right, blue first ball. First, let me talk about real quick. <laughs> Yo, that was on the other night. Before fucking Thanksgiving, yeah, it was on crazy. the other night. And I go, okay, too much. Too much, man. It's a couple of days removed from Halloween. That's a bit too much for me. Right. Uh, New Japan, Battle Autumn. It technically was first, if you're going by time zone-wise and everything. So I'll tell you what happened there. Now, remember that match I talked about last week where they're going to figure it out in the ring? The day before in that tag match, they had the press conference for this match, and there was upside-down cardboard. And when you lift it up, it would have... Either blue or red. Two blues, two red, and you would team. And they mixed them up and did it that way. They lifted up and they became teams that way. Um, it looked like it was real, like how they mixed them up and lifted it. it. was. I thought it was interesting. But match, not as what I thought it was going to be. But the main point for this match is they're going to be in a fatal four-way as uh, Tajiri Ishimori defends his junior heavyweight title against the other three guys. It's just a, a build-up, and it was a... But I think it's a good way to make a build-up, you know, make the guys tag together if you're... You know you're aiming for that. Tamatanga and Kazuchika Okada defeated Jay White and Kenta. Tanga pinned Kenta, which is why you heard the opening there in the beginning. Admitting, he used to talk a lot of shit, but talking shit didn't get the shit done. And... A more focused Tonga is a dangerous Tonga. I'm like, oh, my God. Give it a year or two. I really think they're going to put the title on him. I really, really do, and I'm calling that. Um, FTR had a great match with United Empire's Great Khan and Jeff Cobb. The match you knew it was going to be. I, I mean, the, insert any team against FTR, and they're going to make a good match out of it. I Pretty really, much. I feel like there's not one match I've ever watched of them that I'm like, eh, 
Because they can really they can really adapt to any style and ring. They've had great matches against the Bucks, against, you know, bigger bruising teams like, you know, um, you know, the Briscoes, uh, American yep. Alpha. I mean, they can United really adapt. Empire, Aussie Open. Yeah. I mean, they just box even this year. Right. Yeah. It's going to be very easy to make sure who we name our tag team of the year when we have our award show. I don't I think, think any so. team can really touch them so far. And that's well, with them not Usos, being utilized. I don't know, man. They've, it... And that's with them not being utilized by the company they're signed to. <laughs> that's a sad thing. Um, but it looks like they're going to be having their very first match at Wrestle Kingdom because at Wrestle Kingdom 17, they will be defending the titles against the winners of the Tag League 2022 finals um some of the matchups or teams are like sonata and naito it's a lot of mixed matchy teams because they don't their tag team division kind of went a touch downhill i feel like maybe i don't know gorillas of destiny i didn't even realize it until recently uh tungaloa has been injured that's one of the biggest things because mm. i bet you even with tama tanga being as good as he is, you could have put Hikaleo and Tungaloa together if you wanted to. Gorilla Destiny 2.0. So either way, one of the best teams, though, that I was like, I would love to see at Wrestle Kingdom just as a personal favorite is it's Suzuki Goon. The team is Minoru Suzuki and Lance Archer. I was like, give me that. I would love to see FTR battle those guys out. It's just a completely different kind of match, and it would... Come on, Dax is a tough, tough son of a bitch. He is. He could have. He could have a good little segment there with uh, Archer. That's or even Suzuki. Sure. I mean, like getting chopped to shit. That's you know just personal opinion. Um, Will Osprey defeated Naito in what I I have it in here, man. It's a match of the year candidate. Anybody who thinks Naito is written out, see, to me, like, I think of Hiroshi Tanahashi. I'm like, he's the John Cena. He's older. He's, you know, he's the ace, but he's done. People kind of sometimes put Naito in that category, and I don't think you should. He sh he's still in there with Okada and the rest of the guys. He put on a great performance. I actually thought he was going to win the U.S. title at one point. He reversed uh, what is the Oz killer. He reversed it so well into Destino, and I go, "Oh my God, he just won the title!" I popped, and then he, when he kicked out, I go, "Oh shit!" Like it was that <laughs> good a match. I was in, nice. But after it was over, uh, Osprey was like, "Who wants to challenge me? Anybody who wants?" He goes, "We're gonna have Stardom versus New Japan. Who's my next challenger? Maybe we have the Forbidden Door. Who wants to come through?" Lights go out finally, and it's Shadow Umino, who is the what, the young lion protege to John Moxley that we've seen on AEW as well as in New Japan. So he'll probably steamroll over him as well before heading into Wrestle Kingdom. What my money says is at the stardom New Japan crossover event, I think Kenny Omega shows up. He was the first U.S. champion. That's true. And I think he challenges Osprey. They've already had a match in AEW. They It looks like they have solid, real heat. Yeah. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. Maybe they're being smart about things. You know what I mean? I'm calling him. That's who I'm calling for the 
the next challenger in for Wrestle Kingdom. That's a good call. Hopefully. That's a good call. I can see that happening. And it's got history, so. So a couple hours later was Crown Jewel. Oh, absolutely, dude. It, it in the match would be phenomenal. You already know it would steal the show. And what we have right now for Wrestle Kingdom is that fatal four way juniors match. We have the Okada and Jay White. I think that's pretty much it right now. So we gotta get some other matches moving there, but I'm sure that'll be happening in the next couple of weeks or so. Absolutely. Uh Brock Lesnar. Alright, let's talk about Crown Jewel here. Now that happened a couple hours later, and I messaged you, Lil John, Nightwing. Hey, guys, it's fucking noon. No way am I watching this thing live. I have way too much going on right now. and Which is funny because you, myself, and Nightwing ended up going into like a weird long conversation about like Richard Pryor and random stuff anyway. And I was like, <laughs> instead of Crown Jewel. But I did watch it later on in full, in entirety, as if it was live. Didn't hmm. skip. Watched it to see what it would, you know, just kind of. Plus, it's the nighttime. It was better to watch it. Brock Lesnar. I like how he won with a reversing full Nelson by falling backwards on Lashley and getting the pin. Lashley's shoulder is up a little bit, and it looks controversial. People are like, oh, well, shoulder is up, blah, 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 blah. That's perfect, man. That's what we want. There's no way this doesn't go to WrestleMania. They're tied one to one. Yeah, I'm really. I needed a refresher. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you know, again, we want to see. You know, again, this match was Spear, Hurtlock, German, F five, Spear, Hurtlock, F five. You know what I mean? It was the two K finisher match. Hopefully, we get something a little more hard hitting, a little more technical. They're capable of it. I'd like to see it. See if we're lucky. Now, last week I had said it it looked weird that Alexa Bliss just won the title, and she's like, yeah, yeah, it's cool. Right on. Um, Right before she goes out to defend her titles with Asuka, the TV directly behind her and the interviewer, it was clear as day why they did it on purpose, but as she's the one standing closest to it, it just quickly does that uh, Firefly moth. And then just goes right back to the image of Crown Jewel. Oh, boy. Yep. And then what got interesting is the way that Damage Control won their titles back. Nikki Cross came out. And I'm talking sanity-looking Nikki Cross. Like, the jean jacket came out crazy-looking. It's kind of like she's owing Bliss one because of everything that ever went down between them. Remember, they were a team. Or, or is Cross in with Wyatt? Maybe. Uh, the the weird thing to me was like that when when uh, Cross came back, she was very much like the old Nikki Cross from Sanity, except she was dressed like a diva, with bright red lipstick on. It wasn't the, but you know that's what why I mean? I'm saying her hair was, was crown weird. jewel was a total difference. Sure, yes, sure. I think they should have um, saved her return to crown jewel. I don't know about that, but I don't know, man. I I'm so skeptical when it comes to this Wyatt thing. I, I need to see it, and I need to see what it is exactly, and I need to see it for like a month before I'm 
I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, this was cool. That This would be cool. This would be cool. Because I don't know, man. I feel like this is it's yeah. Be different. We could we could predict ideas all day long, and all of them are it's everything we've tried is not coming true. You said you wanted a brand new Wyatt. You got it. Right now, you have kind of like a schizophrenic one. The right. segment on SmackDown backstage where the guy was talking to him and, and or the guy interrupted him and he lost his shit. <clears throat> um, as the sound you heard, I loved it, but. It's got to go somewhere. Please go somewhere with this. And even at the pay-per-view, they gave him, right before the main event, some time to come out and talk to the people. And then it was another uh, promo with the masked guy on the screen and lights out. I was like, oh, come on, yeah, man. That was see, a wasted moment here on the pay-per-view. Yeah, that I think it's Bo Dallas. I would love it to be Bo Dallas, but why, again, why are you not just pulling the trigger and doing something? Get us more excited to make it intriguing. Don't wait six months and exactly. then go, ha, it was Bo Dallas all along, because then you're going to end up with it being Hornswoggle as your son. Just That's get on what with I'm it. saying. Yeah, just get on with it. Thank you. Braun Strowman and almost actually put on a better match than I thought they were going to. I was like, oh, this is not going to be good. Um, I mean, I've seen two seven-foot people fight all the time. You got... Man, we're going to see Nash and Giant at some point coming up. Uh, there's just been really bad ones. This was, they went to their strengths and stayed away from the weaknesses. And it they did a lot of uh, test of strengths. They did, you know, big pushes and slams and shoulder hits. But that's what you want out of two big guys. But it was a good ending. I liked it. And no botches. I mean that. Like, for two yeah. big guys, you could have made some botches pretty quickly. I thought the match was pretty pretty decent. That's good. Uh, yeah. Drew McIntyre evened up his feud, winning the steel cage match against Karrion Cross, And apparently he was battling a flu on that entire European tour and still performed. Um, it was funny because, uh, what's her name? Scarlett used the pepper spray again, but it's still... Didn't work, and, and Drew got out and won the match. The Usos retained versus the Brawling Brutes, and we knew that they were going to sh- steal the show, as we said. How they did it was sick. Whichever Uso, don't even know, was on the top rope facing the guy who was sitting on the rope. Like, you're getting him prepped for a super uh, suplex. But instead, hoist him up in the air, straight up, and did a 3D from that high up where the other Uso was right there on the ground to connect with the RKO side of it. Dude, it was sick. It was a great match. Uh, Rich Holland was doing certain moves in tribute to Sheamus, who's out storyline-wise. You know, he just got married, but he's out. I, he's coming back at Royal Rumble. I put my money on that, no problem. Uh, just taking a little bit of a break. Pete Dunn, Butch, looked fantastic. I'll call him Butch. That's You're giving him time, and he, again, they stole the show. The Usos, again, why I brought it up against, you know, FTR, they've had a really solid year storyline-wise on TV every week. They're on, you know, they're in matches. They're always defending. I think they're a strong candidate. Because, like you said, the company that FTR works for isn't even doing anything with them. So it's cool you have all these great matches, but... There's a lot of independent wrestlers who are having probably six, seven-star matches every week as well, but without a storyline, it means nothing. 
Yeah, um, I don't know. I it's again. I I love what the Osos are doing. Uh, I'm way over the new day, and uh, I really feel like they should be bringing new teams. Well, that's the, the issue is that now this Friday they have to beat the new day in order to break their record, or the new day becomes the tag team champions. I do not want to see the new day become the tag team champions Fuck unless. No. Unless in that match you bring Big E out and he comes up and comes out wrestling, I don't want to see it. No, yeah, no, I'm with you. You know what was great about that match? We want Sammy. We want Sammy and Jay. You ain't getting them. And that was also at the press conference, and it was great because once Logan Paul came out. Somehow, Sammy Uso chan started. They kept going, uh, Uso, it, dude. It's he's over. And Roman at the press conference goes, "The way you all been acting tonight, you don't deserve Sammy." It was awesome. There you go. I thought it was great. And Sammy's not even allowed in the country. Yeah, correct. and the place was chanting his fucking name. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. MVP's not there so, either. Did you see that? I did. I did see that. But he wasn't getting any chance. That's true. I'm telling you right now, I'm full-fledged behind Sammy becoming your WrestleMania opponent against Roman Reigns if it's not The Rock. I think he, it comes down to like him in like Solo or something like that at the Rumble, and he just not turns, but accidentally wins. And Sorry, I wasn't feeling to see that night. It was an accident. Whatever. I don't care. Somehow, he's either going to win at WrestleMania or he's going to take the title from Roman at some point. He's the one beating Roman. I'm putting all my stock into that. Okay. I say you're wrong. (laughs) You always do. (laughs) Bianca Belair defended and retained the women's title against Bayley in a last woman's standing match. Okay. Highs and lows. First, I love Bailey on so many levels. Yep. I just I love her. She is a great character. She's hysterical. Seems like she's getting the better. The way she just always has an ongoing feud for no reason with Michael Cole is the best to me. You like that, Michael? For, and he's like, what? I'm just sitting here. <laughs> <laughs> she really is getting better. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. Um, I absolutely at this point was getting extremely sick of the digital entrance graphics. You know, the things that look like they're there, but they're not there. The big balloons. Stop. Right. Now, were you talking? Because I know they did something different for this one. For this one, I don't know if they did the 3D one, but I know they did the the drone formations. They did do the drone formations, and that was different. Correct. I'm talking about the normal. um, What got me was the giant lips swinging a set of uh, the long braid when Bianca came out. I'm like, stop it. You look like a video game. It's horrible. I don't know why it just bothers me. Um, At one point, Michael Cole goes and let's not forget Bianca Belair defeated Sasha Banks at WrestleMania. And it was the first two black women to headline WrestleMania. And I go, now, is that the first time we're hearing Sasha Banks's name? Because I think so. She's back. Uh, her and uh, Naomi are back in the then now forever package that runs at the beginning. They're back in it. Ooh. So it's inevitable. I think Survivor Series. I think somehow at Survivor Series, both of them are going to do something in this War Games match. 
it's going to be huge. It would be a good time to do it, I think. And you know what's like I said, it's going to be bloodline. You got Roman, Sammy, Usos, and Solo against whatever five. And apparently it is Raw versus SmackDown. Michael Cole said it at the pay-per-view, and he goes, it's Raw versus SmackDown. So to me, you got who's on Raw. I mean, that takes out Drew McIntyre automatically because he's Mm -hmm. on SmackDown. Right. Raw? I don't even know who you put together as a team. Seth Rollins, ah, Baylor, Styles. I mean, it could be decent, but meh. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see because yeah, I'm not familiar with the roster, so um, you know, I hope it's I hope it's it makes sense in at least some respect, right? Even if they do a hey, well, we hate you guys, but we're gonna team up because fuck those guys. You know what I mean? Right. So we'll see. I just the last several. Raw or SmackDown Survivor Series is just meh. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Oh wow, Otis is teaming with Seth Rollins against whoever. Yeah. I didn't care, right? So yeah, nobody. Cares. Let's get back to this match. Um, again, highs and lows. There's a part where Bailey went to hit Bianca with the kendo stick, and when she threw it, it landed outside of the ring, uh-huh. bounced on the apron. Or on the, on the outside apron and jumped up to the air and landed exactly on the barricade, holding itself the long way. Where just like I mean, perfectly evened, like it was magnetic and just laid there flat. I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Wow, never seen that. And the, even the announcers go, "Wow, that's crazy. That'll never happen twice." And just as as they go to pan away, a little kid went to grab it. Remember, they're in Saudi Arabia. Uh-huh. Yeah, that kid was probably killed. Um. So then there was some, this is what I like about a women's last man standing or last woman standing. Women are smarter. They had better ideas. So there was one part where Bailey put her inside of an equipment case and closed it, you know, cause you can't be, you gotta be able to stand up. The one I like the most is that she put her in between. They had the ring steps up against the side of the apron and she had her down in between the hole, right? Where you can mm-hmm. fit right down. Yep. Put this, put a uh, the ladder over on top of it. It was just very smart moves. I was like, of course the women had better ideas than the guys. You guys are like, I'm just gonna <laughs> hit them eighteen times with a chair, right? That's pretty much. Anyway, but a lot of bad botch spots. One of my favorite to worst parts was Bianca drove Bailey, who was on top of a golf cart, laying flat on the top. Drives her down the ramp all the way down to where a table is. And I was like, okay, this this is going pretty decent so far. And then Bailey gets a hold of Bianca's hair, who's on the ground. But then she flips her off the top of the golf cart and should be landing on the table. Instead, she landed on the table the exact way Shawn Michaels landed on the casket at Royal Rumble in 98. Oh. Oh. Oh, that had to hurt. Had to hurt. But Bailey's a pro. Do it again. Not that exact spot. Instead, she gets up on the apron, and Bianca gives her a power bomb from the apron side down to that table now. Yikes. How she won, again, another smart move I liked, was that she put Bailey in between the ladder, laying on her back, right? We've always seen it, and then someone usually slams it up and down, up and down on your face. And then she pushed it into the corner, under the rope and turnbuckle, into the post. 
stuck so you couldn't get out and answer the 10 count to get on t- to get up to your feet. Huh. It was kind of brilliant. One of the better endings to a last man or woman standing match. However, the getting up at nine and barely having your toes even touch the ground and the ref counting that, too much. Yeah. The barely getting in at 10 on a 10 count on like a just like a regular count out. Right. Imagine that for every goddamn part of the counts it's on a, this match. Yeah, Horrible. Even the first thing went to nine. I'm like, oh, too soon. You should get up at three. Yeah, it, it's it's an old trope, and they definitely overuse it. Yeah. Your boy, Logan Paul, came up short against Roman Reigns. So can I ask you this? <laughs> oh, yeah. So he apparently shredded his knee. Towards ACL, PCL, yeah. fuck you, His meniscus. And- <laughs> yeah, uh, is, that that's a work, right? You know this motherfucker. Like, the dude, dude finished the match and was backstage for two seconds, and he t- tweeted out, "Yeah, I think I tore my ACL." Okay, bro. So it's funny that he, yeah, you're right. He's saying that he shredded his knee, but then was able to grab his cell phone from his cronies at ringside and do a table splash from the top rope on the outside to Roman Reigns. Uh, got up, walked away, fought on everything. Yeah, he didn't even limp once to even say that anything was torn. That's really funny you bring that up. Yeah, it's a work. I, I mean, I don't yeah. care. It's probably a good way for them to just be like, oh, okay, well, we're not going to see him for a while. True. You're not going to like this. He's a candidate for Rookie of the Year. You know I, that, right? I, I, I do know that. I've seen some clips, uh, and as much, and I've said it from the first time we've seen him, I think he's a natural heel. I think he could probably even get over as a baby face, even though I think he's better as a heel because he's naturally douchey. Um, but man, <laughs> whatever it is, he's he's a he's a gifted athlete. He's got you know he's got what it takes. He's got the raw potential, and he's got some of the best coaches in the world. So he's definitely showing that he knows what the fuck he's doing, and he's picking shit up quick. So yeah, man, let's see where it goes. I'm not gonna sh- I I hate him, but I mean he's doing a good job. I can't take that away. It's fair. Fair assessment. Um, now, you know, switching over to with, you know, Raw and SmackDown and all that stuff that happened. Um, <laughs> you have Darby Allen taking on Jay Lethal. It's their second meeting. Jay Lethal has someone show up as Stang. No, no, no. Not Sting. It's Stang. <laughs> Stang. And... This is the most underwhelming, quiet, crowded uh, unveiling of a person in a stable I've ever seen or heard of in my life. It would have been better just to have him come out and be like, he's with us now. Cole Carter. I don't even know who the fuck Cole Carter is. I don't. They take the mask off. You do or don't? I don't. Okay. And they go, oh, it's Cole Carter. And the crowd was like, who is he? Who is he? Who is that? But the, the segment got even weirder as now Sting's music hits. We're waiting for him. We're waiting for him. So you got Lethal, Sanjay Dutt, Kali Singh, and now Cole Carter waiting for Sting to come down. Only for it to cl- turn the clocks back 22 years, go to 2000. <laughs> Slap Nuts is here. Jeff Jarrett hits Darby Allen with a fucking guitar. Yeah. I swear to God, if next week 
John Moxley lays down for anybody for a, a finger poke of doom, it's over. Yeah, I really hope that. It was stupid. Uh, yeah, man. You know what? You know what? It would have made sense for them to bring him on board and be the fucking booker or an agent. You know goddamn well that's not what's happening. Apparently, it sounds like he might be involved with running some house shows for AEW. But the fact that this is how they brought him in, fucking ridiculous. Tony, get your shit together. It's WCW 2.0, man. Yes, sir. Uh, It's funny how just last week I said that Jamie Hayter, over. You need to give her the, the title shot. It's official. She's getting it at full gear for the interim championship look at if rosa's out nine months of the year i don't think you're actually a champion yeah seriously listen man um i haven't heard too many promos from storm hater definitely seems to be getting better i think you could have a flip-flop feud with these guys or women with the two of them they could i'd be absolutely okay with it yeah absolutely in if you didn't get to see on dynamite they showed up a video package they were like living together during the pandemic they are close friends. You know, they have a history already. God, so just you can absolutely build a great feud with the both of them together. But drop the word interim right away. Yeah, 100%. It's dumb. But the other thing I said, I'm like, wow, look at you. You have powerhouse Hobbs beat Starks. Nothing's going on with him. Uh, neither of them, actually. And now Hobbs comes and takes out Wardlow at the end of Dynamite. Cool. All right. Thank you. I'm all right with that because for two reasons. One, I have Powerhouse Hobbs in my draft, so I wouldn't mind him taking the title from Wardlow. And two, you're going to do something with him finally. Same with Ricky Starks because now the AEW title eliminator tournament, it's the third anniversary of it. Uh, Last year was won by Brian Danielson. The year before was Kenny Omega. And the winner always gets their title shot at what seems to be Winter is Coming. That's where last year uh, Daniel Bryan took on Adam Page in their second match. But this year, the tournament is Ethan in the first round. And I don't know, I I didn't actually see the picture of which side is which, but I'm pretty sure I have this correct. Ethan Page will take on Eddie Kingston. And Ricky Starks will take on Lance Archer. A winner of those two matches will face off. Roosh is taking on his brother Bandito because apparently we haven't done that enough. And oh, also Bandito apparently is now officially on the AEW roster. Yep. And then the other match is Brian Cage versus Dante Martin. Jesus if Christ. If I had, oh God, Dude. just give me your finals. Who are your finals? Give you my fucking finals. Are you serious? This is the tournament for the world title? Hey, last year had Preston Vance in it, okay? Jesus fucking Christ, dude. I have no fucking clue. Um, Kingston will win. Starks will win. Uh, yep, yep, I agree to that. Roosh will win. Brian Cage will win. Agreed, agreed. <laughs> Cage versus Kingston. Kingston gets the title shot. I don't fucking know. A complete guess right there. This is fucking embarrassing. Well, that's not bad. Because if MJF does take the title at the pay-per-view, winter is coming a couple of weeks later, Eddie Kingston is Moxley's friend. You have a feud. 
Yeah. Not a bad way to get there. Horrible matches and people involved, but okay. Yeah, it's a fucking shit show. Move on. Hey, you cannot <laughs> win them all. But right now for Can't full gear, we do have <laughs> Con Camp. Um, right now we have Moxley versus MJF for the title. We got Hater and Tony Storm. And it apparently is official that the Ring of Honor world title will be in a fatal four-way match with... Jericho taking on Danielson versus Castagnoli versus Sammy Guevara in a fatal four-way match. How's that for you? Uh, Jericho's going to retain. Brian's going to turn on Claudio. Really? Huh. You know, going back to Wheeler Yuta's promo on, on Danielson a couple of weeks ago, I could see that. Not against it. Could see it. See what happens. Well, we're going to do a little bit of a flip-flop this week. Now, I want to talk about the Professor's Wrestler of the Week. You know, a lot of people think history is just facts. It's just information about the past. I know a lot of people like to believe that. I wish I could, but I was there. I wasn't here in a classroom, hoping I was right, thinking about it. Well, pussies like you! We're back here partying, putting headbands on, doing drugs, listen to the goddamn Beatle albums! Uh, 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 hey, hey, Professor, take it easy, will you? And I'm nice like B.I.G. is. Nice. I'm the greatest of all times. I'm going to say it just like I lead it. The champ is here. He is from Huntington Beach, California, also the Isle of Samoa, 62310. Finally, someone that wasn't just 250, the basic number like every other week. It's Samoa Joe. As I said... When we, we are going to be doing these wrestlers of the week, we got people who are, you know, wrestling right now or in the past. I think I'm going to dip into some of the older guys coming up soon, but I had to, I guess, pay homage to one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, and that is Samoa Joe, the Samoan submission machine. And breaking down, you know, it's funny. Last week, I always like to lead leave you with a professor's match of the week for a newbie. I forgot to give you one for Drew, but that's okay. This week I got a, a doozy. But here's a little history on Samoa Joe. He has been in the following promotions. IWA, AAA, TNA Impact, Ring of Honor, Pro Wrestling Noah, NXT with WWE, and AEW. Uh, his, some of you may have seen he's had a, a small stint where he was on WWF Jacked. In about 2000 and 2001, you may remember him having blonde hair. And uh, you ever seen those the video of him out there, like on a Sunday Night Heat or a Jack episode? <laughs> I think I've seen one or two, but yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, nothing to write home about, you know, taking on uh, S.A. Rios and even had a match against John Cena. But while he was in Ultimate Pro Wrestling, which was a developmental uh, affiliate to WWF, Bruce Pritchard and Jim Ross told him, you don't have a a future in pro wrestling. Hmm. So then he goes off to Japan to own his craft and becomes King Joe in Pro Wrestling Zero One. And then where the big stuff happens, of course, is when he gets into Ring of Honor, where he spends his time there from 2002 to about 2007. And within a year of debuting, he wins the Ring of Honor title and holds it for 21 months, 
dropping it to Austin Aries at Final Battle 2004. What a waste that one was. Mm-hmm. Could have dropped it to anybody else. I hated that he dropped it to Aries. Everybody uh, hates Aries. I know. Even Aries probably hates Aries. <laughs> he uh, he took on legitimately the entire roster. It didn't matter who you were. He gave title shots to each one of the Briscoes. Anybody from uh, Jay Lethal at the time. I mean, anybody. But, of course, you got CM Punk. That huge trilogy that everybody remembers. The, the Joe Punk 2 is a five-star classic given by Uncle Davey. Um. After dropping the title to Ares, he ends up winning the pure title from his protege, Jay Lethal. Um, and during the summer of punk, he was a part of that storyline with Christopher Daniels, James Gibson, Roderick Strong, and other guys who were a part of that final farewell and the big match with punk. Uh, and then, who could really ever forget? Which is, I'm going to go ahead and spoil it right now. It's the Professor's Match of the Week for the Newbie. Can I guess October what it is? 2005. What is it? CM Punk versus Samoa Joe. No. No. Wow. Okay. No. It's oh. 2005. Punk and Joe were 2004. 2005. Kenta Kobashi yep. versus Samoa Joe. Yep. The name right. of the pay per view was Joe Kobashi. Oh. Joe slash Kobashi. That's it. It's just because that's all you needed. Imagine a pay per view nowadays being like. Lesnar Lashley. That's it. Never would happen. But I no. like that they used to do that in Ring of Honor. Uh, and then during the 2006-2007, he feuded in a great trilogy with Brian Danielson, who was the uh, Ring of Honor champion at the time. Also took on Nigel McGuinness, Takeshi Morishima, and reignited a feud with Homicide. And that's who he had his farewell match with in 2007. Pulling double duty because in 2005 he began an undefeated streak as Samoa Joe enters TNA total nonstop action wrestling and facing guys like AJ Styles, Christian Cage, uh, Christopher Daniels, Abyss, Jeff Jarrett, Sting wins the X Division title, was never pinned until. Kurt Angle said to Vince McMahon, hey, man, I'm done with wrestling. I don't want to wrestle anymore. And then shows up on Impact Wrestling a couple <laughs> of weeks later and headbutts Samoa Joe. Do you remember that moment? Oh, yeah. That was the headbutt heard around the world. And he, Kurt Angle, is the one that ended the 18-month undefeated streak. Uh, he ends up feuding with Kurt Angle for the TNA title, having a cage match, Iron Man match. Finally wins the title at Lockdown 2008 against Kurt Angle. Before that, in 2007, a little kind of a favorite part we all remember. I mean, sucks because he's gone nowadays, but you got to give the guy some promo, uh, some props. He had some balls going out doing a shoot promo on a pay-per-view, Turning Point 2007. Hey, Scott Hall, Chico, you're a punk, and you punked out. Giving out to all the superstars who were coming to TNA to get a paycheck, while he, the Motor City Machine Guns, Eric Young, AJ Styles, go out there and bust their ass every week. All while his tag team partner, Kevin Nash, is actually one of those guys he's talking about. <laughs> the infamous part about that is Samoa Joe admits it. 
that Kevin Nash came backstage, paintbrushed him twice with a couple of slaps. Yeesh. And Joe went before the entire roster the next taping and said, I apologize to everybody, to everybody in the company, the roster, everybody. What I did was wrong. And, you know, and he, he went on his, you know, his own shield for the whole thing. But I, I don't think he'll, when he's apologizing, I, I apologize for my actions. But I don't think he apologizes for standing up for what was right. Because it wasn't the first time that Scott Hall was no-showing shit at this point. So it was kind of a writing on the wall. And Dixie Carter was pretty pissed. And that's that whole, wait, you want to f- fire me? Go ahead. I don't care. <laughs> And here's where the issue happens. He toils around the mid-card until basically the end of his TNA run because, and I really do believe this, once Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff made their way in there, no one knew what to do with Joe. He's feuding with the main event Mafia for a couple of years. And then Immortal, which had Hogan, Jarrett, Jeff Hardy, Eric Bischoff. Then feuding with Fortune, which is Flair, Styles, Beer Money. Gets his attempts at the title, but that's it. Nothing good really comes of his and his career at this point. He does help elevate some talent in TNA before leaving, teaming and feuding with Magnus, who is Nick Aldis. Decide to recreate the main event mafia for no reason. But my favorite part was right before he leaves was being a part of the beatdown clan with Bobby Lashley, Kenny King, Loki. Even MVP joins in, but that's when MVP took over. And Joe was kicked out, and eventually he was done with his TNA contract. Shows up in Ring of Honor in 2015 as a free agent, says he is challenging Jay Briscoe for that title. Talk about a guy who had never been pinned for so long. It had been nearly two years. No one had put Jay Briscoe's uh, shoulders to the mat. He wanted to give his shot at it. Came up short at, I believe it was Supercard of Honor in 2015. Also faced the likes of newcomers at that time that he never got to face. Kyle O'Reilly, Adam Cole, Bobby Fish. Kind of a prelude to down the road. And then signs with NXT. Making his debut as Ke- as Kevin Owens is beating the living shit out of Sami Zayn after a title match at uh, TakeOver Unstoppable, Joe came out. No one was ready for it. It was awesome. But instead of streamlining him to the world title, they let Finn Balor win the world title, but say, why don't you team? Or I say world title, I'm sorry, the NXT title. Right. Uh, Teams with Finn Balor instead to prolong this feud, and they win the first ever Dusty Classic defeating Baron Corbin and Rhino in the finals. But then he eventually turns heel on Finn Balor, challenging him left and right week after week. What pisses me off is that on April 21st at an NXT live event, <laughs> yep. <laughs> Samoa Joe defeats Finn Balor to win the NXT shit the NXT title. Are you shitting me? I've been watching your show weekly just to see this happen and you did it at a live event. He ends up defending it against Baylor to end the feud uh, in a cage match in London. Then begins a feud with Shinsuke Nakamura and drops the title to him at Brooklyn. Then Joe comes up to the main roster in January of 2017, helping Triple H in the Triple H-Seth Rollins feud. 
Doesn't do anything, not even a part of WrestleMania in any way, which sucked. But then, he defeated in June at Extreme Rules Finn Balor, Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, and Bray Wyatt in a fatal five-way match, and the winner was to go on and take on Brock Lesnar, which one of my favorite parts is the night after, which is your favorite part, him putting the Coquita Clutch on Paul Heyman. Oh, the whispering in the corner. Oh, it was, it, it was, it, it was amazing. And unfortunately comes up short to Brock Lesnar like everybody else did during this time. <clears throat> Ends up facing Samoa Joe, Roman Reigns, and Braun Strowman. All for the winner to be able to take on Lesnar at some point and ends up losing that match, of course. And at this point, unfortunately, again, much like he did in TNA, toils around the mid card. You know, he was a part of a really good Survivor Series match, the one that had Triple H turning on Kurt Angle, but then also being on the same team as Braun Strowman. Remember that weird one? It was a really weird ending. Was that the one with Ellsworth? It sure was. Okay, there you go. <laughs> yeah. But then he gets injured and unfortunately has to miss WrestleMania 34, uh, but comes back and ends up challenging Roman Reigns to the match at Backlash, loses there, but then actually gets his day in the sun because he did miss WrestleMania 34, but then they had the greatest Royal Rumble event, and in front of a huge crowd there, he had competed in an Intercontinental title match with Finn Balor and Jeff Hardy and oh man, one other guy. It was a ladder match for the IC title, and it was a really good match. And it was a good moment for him, but unfortunately, again, just hanging in the mid card. Unfortunately, um, from there, ends up going to SmackDown and feuding with AJ Styles and his wife Wendy. Hey, Wendy! Oh my God, that shit was crazy. <laughs> I mean, I guess AJ Styles needed someone credible to maybe take the title from him, but that was just a weird, weird storyline. Ends up becoming the U.S. champion, beats the piss out of Rey Mysterio at WrestleMania 35. Oh, I was right. so happy for that. <laughs> I, I, I was like, Try never do you return. get to see a good squash like that. Thank you. Then he challenges Kofi Kingston for the title for a couple of months, and then put on the commentary booth for the rest of his WWE stint. Can you believe it? And then, released on Black Wednesday. And then? Then, yeah, <laughs> Triple H brought him back. Because he was like, wait, 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 wait. Uh, hang on. We didn't mean to let you go. My bad. Come on back. And... I'm sorry. He wasn't let go on Black Wednesday. He was let go on the... Uh, Black Thursday, if you will. It was the one that was the second round the next year. Mm -hmm. um, but he was brought back as Regal's right-hand man in a storyline with Karrion Cross, leading to a TakeOver 36 match, which was the final big TakeOver, by the way, the last TakeOver, and wins the NXT title. So Cross can go up to the main roster and completely change his gimmick and lose in three minutes to Jeff Hardy while Samoa Joe gets COVID and they said, well, we strip you of the title. <laughs> yeah, right. 
Fucking if he had and bad luck. And did and was released again. Now, I did call that he was going <clears> to... <throat> He was going to make his way over to AEW or Ring of Honor as soon as Ring of Honor was purchased. And he did. He showed up at the very end of Supercard of Honor, coming to the aid of Jonathan Grisham just earlier this year, and then wins the TV title for Minoru Suzuki. Things are looking good. Goes to the finals of the Owen Cup against Adam Cole, baby. Neither are even on TV anymore, and... That's pretty much where we're at. He's on TV. He's a part of this war Joe thing that I just can't get on on board with. So dumb. I, 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 it's horrible. What is this? Like J-Lo and Ben Affleck? You know, you got to get a name together. It's, war it's Joe horrible. and Swirly. Swirly. It is Swirly. Uh, some accomplishments of this man here. Here's one I bet you didn't know. In 2020, CBS Sports said he was wrestler commentator of the year. That's fucking sad. That's sad on so many levels. Sad that a wrestler came in to do the commentator's job, and that's sad that that's what you did with Samoa Joe. (laughs) Anyway, won the Dusty Classic with Baylor, was the U.S. champion twice for WWE, NXT title three times. I believe he was the first and only three-time NXT champion. Was the TNA World champion and TV champion one time each. Tag titles. <laughs> this is a good one. He won the tag titles by himself. That happened. He's actually credited as the tag team champion by himself. Also one time with Magnus. Uh, and, of course, the Ring of Honor world champion, pure champion, and TV title champion. Oh, he was also the X Division champion five times and the King of the Mountain champion. <sighs> You know, normally I like to offer up movies or TV shows, something you should watch of him. No, he's, he's not that guy. But one of my favorite things to watch, you can find it on YouTube. It's called Straight Shooting with Samoa Joe and CM Punk. Three mm-hmm. hours of them just talking about their time in Ring of Honor. I mean, talking about just random things where like, oh my God, Loki got so drunk and he was pissing on my coat at night. Oh yeah, I remember that, man. In <laughs> Punk's there for the, he's like, hey, you know, I'm not, I'm not doing this stuff, but I'm there for the ride, man. And good conversation, them just being very chill and talking about the business and what they were doing to get over with the trilogy, but also just Ring of Honor in general. Great watch. Um, Again, I already gave you my newbie match of the week, which is him versus Kabashi. That you could definitely find on YouTube as well. Professor's take to give it away, uh, or to, you know, to end this all. He's the OG strong styler, uh, strong style wrestler to me. Not, I mean, not to everybody, but at least to me, he's the first guy I saw that was bringing strong style uh, to my television. Guy that could take a beating, give a beating. The the Kobashi match says it all, but the way he can take on so many different types of matches, anything from a classic match to a submission match to an iron match, a hardcore anything he can do. Any match, and he's versatile as fuck along the way. One of my favorite things about him, two things. The Irinagi in the corner, nobody does it better than him. Mm-hmm. And he's the king of the nope move. You jump up in the air, off the rope to go do something, and he just walks out of the way. <laughs> nobody does it better <laughs> than Samoa Joe. Yeah. I just love it. Like the nope, 
out of the way. <laughs> yeah, that or and he does the roll sometimes too, where he'll roll out of the ring. <laughs> yup. Oh God, he's just my my biggest thing when it comes to my take for Samoa Joe is toiling around around the mid card. That's it, man. You would yeah. have thought eighteen months as a Ring of Honor champion, showing what he could do as a wrestler and being really versatile in the, in that time. It, that would have went really well. And TNA was on that right track until Hogan and Bischoff came in. And they didn't see him as that main event champion. And apparently no one else did in WWE either. I mean, the fact that he even came up to the main roster was surprising to me. And I really mean that. They said Kevin Owens wasn't leaving NXT because of his stature. I was like, well, Joe's not leaving then. Because of his age and stature at that point. But he's just been in the mid-card, unfortunately more often than not in his career. And that's a sad thing because he's a tremendous wrestler. Absolutely. Yep. I was giving you a moment there to see if he had anything else to bring on, but (laughs) Hey, let's bring something to the table. Just bring it. bitch! Oh my God. I don't know about you ODM, but personally every now and then I do like to watch a good fight on YouTube. Mm. You know what I mean? Like a good, public fight or something and ah gotcha okay and i love love when it's fan fights you get them at the nfl you get them at major league baseball shit you've got them at tennis i mean i've actually seen this <laughs> stuff where people get in fist fights <laughs> kentucky derby but you know what you don't see is you don't see that at a wrestling event as much as you can boo and shit on yeah. another fan you never really see full-blown drunken fan fights the way you do NFL fan fights. It's just uh, something that occurred to me because I love watching a good fucking drunk fight, man. It's it's great when someone, especially in the stands, everybody tumbles down. Oh, it's horrible. But it's also fun as shit to watch. It's, tra- it's a train wreck. You just <laughs> you gotta see. It is. <laughs> But you don't see it at a wrestling event. That's came true. very close at Revolution with me and the bitch behind me. <laughs> but other than that, I think the second closest was when CM Punk turned around and punched the guy in the head. Yeah. Other than that, you really don't get fan fights. <laughs> I'm just saying, hey, man, we're a good community, and I appreciate that. Let's keep that thing going. And let me say this. There's been no fan fights. Okay. ODM, what are you bringing to the table? <laughs> Well, just because uh, the Bills didn't win uh, and we already had to play the sad music doesn't mean we can't hit the music, so bear with me here a little bit. you know. I don't know, man. I'm going to try to break it down. Break it down! Marty! You've got to come back with me. Where? Back to the future. Wait a minute, Doc. Well, what are you talking about? What happens to us in the future? Will we become assholes or something? Give me a hell yeah! You want a war? You're going to get me. Mick Foley is going to win their world title. Has been paid for by the New World Order. Come on, Vince. Step into the ring. My God, the Bellwines have been dropped! Degeneration X invades WCW tonight! Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass! Have a nice day! 
with the biggest, most impressive names in the sport today. And now the announcement I know I've been waiting to make because I've been working on this for a long time, the newest edition of the NWO. And Bret Hart, what? because you were such a knockout kind of guy. <laughs> he passed the initiation. Oh, we have a special, special gift for you. Liz, can you come around here? Do we have to watch this? Did, did he say Bret, Bret Hart's, Hart's name? I guess that's what the Canadian that's what flags are about. Oh, Canada. I gotta get my glasses. With glowing hearts we see. That's not all he's gotta get. The true north. Hey, you can, hey, okay. <laughs> God keep our land. Yeah, okay. Cause no one else wants it. Canada. Our home and native land. Shoot him. True patriot love all my sons in command. <laughs> Ring the bell. Ring the bell, damn it. That's what Vince was saying. Oh, man. I like to always, you know, preface where I was. But let me ask you, were you watching this kind of stuff live or were you just mainly Nitro and WCW? No, at uh, at this point, I was probably in college getting laid. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was in. Well, college. that's right. I forgot I you were older than me. I, I yeah. was. <laughs> yeah, I was in college. I was in yeah. first grade at that point. Yeah, I was in Pittsburgh. Uh, so I don't think I was watching this. I don't think I uh, got back in until I got back at around ninety-eight. Yeah, probably when I got back in. Hmm. Well, I was at a buddy's house. I do remember, and I. Uh, a lot of confusion, man, because there was a... All right, look, at you had your America Online at the time, but there was really not much you could go to source-wise other than just what you were seeing on TV. See, Brett's frustrated as shit, but the ending and the loogie, you're like, wow, that, that seems kind of real. Um, it was a weird thing to watch live, and of course, it drew you in on Monday night for sure. But let's break down what happened. Survivor Series 97. You guys may not know this, but there were other matches besides the Montreal Screwjob. This thing <laughs> had potential to be a decent pay-per-view. That's oh. the word I'll go with. Well, potential? Sure, we'll go with that. Uh, that'd be November 9th, 1997. Uh, Survivor Series 97 Gang Rules, R-U-L-Z. 
Uh, starts out with a great video package of the uh, Shawn Michaels-Bret Hart feud. Uh, as always, they do great work with those. First match, Headbangers and the New Blackjacks versus Road Dog, Badass Billy Gunn and the Godwins. I didn't care about this match, and I didn't watch it. Road Dog and Billy Gunn survive. Which you knew it was going to be. They're trying to push Road Dog and Billy Gunn at and, this moment. And they told um, yep. And I do want to say, mm-hmm. you did mention, it's November 9th. Today's November 9th in real life, too. So it is 25 years to the date. Yeah. That's how on we were with this show. Damn, we're good. It's like we knew before we knew. Or we got really lucky. Anyway, the next match, uh, Truth Commission versus Disciples of Apocalypse. Second verse, same as the first. The only thing that I really enjoyed about this was that the Jackal is on commentary, and I'm not going to lie, you had mentioned it previously, but I saw the Jackal, and I'm like, that motherfucker looks familiar. I didn't know that Don Callis ever had a head of hair like that. Yep. Yeah, and he'll head over to ECW at some point, but it's... It's real funny just to see him on, I think he's only in WWF, I'd say at best, maybe two to three more months, because uh, Kurgan, the tall one, is eventually joining the oddities yep. in at some point, so I don't think it's going to last much longer. Nope. Not that I recall, but hey, that may have been my bathroom break back in the day. You hear them walking out, you're like, oh, sweet. Probably, yeah. Inter- interrogator is the sole survivor. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, we see Kevin Kelly in the AOL room, as you mentioned, and it's great because it's just Austin kind of begrudgingly sitting there talking to the guy typing in everything for him. Apparently wrestlers can't use keyboards. It's what we've learned over the years. I know. Well, we don't want to hurt the, you don't want to hurt the digits before you get into a match. You Uh, never know. That's a good call. Uh, next we get Vader. Goldust, Mark Marrow, and Steve Blackman versus Furnace, LaFon, and Villain Bulldog. So it's basically, did they actually call it Team Vader America uh, versus Team Canada? Or Team American Vader, that's what it was. Um, they do. So ba- Blackman is making his WWF debut mm-hmm. at the Survivor Series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Patriots injured. Wrestling debut, at least. Yep, Patriots injured. They actually play his music. Uh, when uh, Team American Vader comes out, uh, Gold, which is Kurt Angle's music, by the way. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, no, exactly. Right? Fucking hilarious. Yep. Goldust has "Fu" painted on the front of his face, and you can see him like pacing around. His head isn't in the game. Um, yeah. Black- oh, back up, back up, back up. They mention as they're all coming to the ring. If you notice, Goldust there is wearing a cast on his right arm. Because after what you witnessed this past week on Raw with him and Marlena, Dustin put his hand through a wall. And I made mention of that last week. And I was like, uh, I'm like, or maybe that happens next week. (laughs) Yeah, it did. (laughs) Now, I don't know if that's kayfabe or not, man, but he's going to be wearing this cast for next little bit here. But it was very interesting that like, I'm like, how real was that interview? Right. Well, I mean, shit, it probably was because th- this might be about the time they get divorced. Could you imagine Jim Ross is there to be like, we have a great storyline. We're going to have you go to the WWF championship and a very big family man. I can't fucking take this shit anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I man, I mean, it, I don't it, know when they actually broke up. Were they broken up at this point in real life? Again, or not? again, I don't know, but it could be. I mean, you got to figure the whole uh, 
Mongo and Deborah thing, they were breaking up at that point. And then you go back to Macho Man. Macho Man and Liz got married on WWF TV when they were getting divorced in real life. And, you know, Kevin Sullivan, woman, Benoit. Yeah, exactly. It's fucked up, dude. Yeah, they, they I mean, they, they always say, you know, it's you a draw a weird off, world to be in, man. Yeah, they, they draw off real life issues. It, it sells tickets, man. So, and nowadays, any girl out there, you've likely, everybody's a, what is it, Eskimo brother to CM Punk nowadays. Eskimo CM Punk, did you say? Yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, he, he, Never mind. Move on. <laughs> I was waiting for the crickets bumper. That's all. Um, Marrow, Marrow, man, he's uh, he must be like gold dust and have some shit in his head because this on this pay per view and on Raw, he does some botchy botch 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 botch. Uh, Marrow hits a springboard moonsault. Furnace tried to catch him. Looked like he jacked up his shoulder in the process. That move did not go as planned. Um, yeah, so basically, the end of the match is it's, it comes down to Goldberg and Goldberg, Gold Dust and Vader, and uh, Vader keeps going for the tag. Gold uh, Gold Dust drops off the apron to the floor. He refuses to tag. Eventually, Vader just slaps him and throws him into the ring. Um, yeah, Bulldog ends up using the ring bell on Vader, and Bulldog is your sole survivor. Gets a good pop from the Canadian fans. Yep. Oh yeah, the the international stars are over, oh, just yeah. like they were at uh, Canadian Stampede. Definitely, definitely. Um, next, we get a, a quick aside. They announced the winner of the Super Supper sweepstakes, uh, who's going to invite Austin over for dinner. She was obviously very excited because every time they went to talk to her, she was all over the place, and they just shut her down. So that was always fun. It was better than the whole. So key it's thing. the. So it's the sunny side up sweepstakes. Uh, that would have been a lot cooler. <laughs> Next, we get Kane versus Mankind. Obviously, it is Kane's first match uh, as Kane in the WWF. Uh, Mankind cuts a quick promo in the boiler room before the match. Uh, you know, it's funny. I don't remember this, but uh, the the match has the red light on for the whole match. We've seen that before. Somewhere. Oh, welcome to the next full year yeah. of... <laughs> Uh, a cane match. Yeah, well, we've seen it somewhere else too. More recently, Try to I, and that. you know what's really funny? You say that because as I was watching it, I go, Ugh, "I remember back in the day being like, okay, it's kind of cool, all right." I wasn't always on board with it, but with Bray Wyatt, I was like, "Dear God, this is fucking horrible! I can't see anything, man!" And, and it bothered me when you were having Bray Wyatt versus Brian or Danny Ryan, and I'm like, "God, like, it was horrible." But then. I'm rewatching Kane do this right now, and I was like, "This is shit. Whose idea is this?" <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, probably Vince. It's good shit, pal. It's like they're in hell. Oh my god, I just got it. Yeah, <laughs> you nailed it. I'm gonna give that an eight. So the the story of this match is basically mankind is like the guy that can hang with Kane. Right. Uh, right. And, and he does, you know, and, and they put him over like that, you know, over the next few weeks. Uh, Austin even does it on Raw. Uh, but ultimately, it's obviously too much. Kane, it's a tombstone for the win. Next, one of the more famous quotes from this pay-per-view and from this era. This story, Slaughter and Vince are backstage. Uh, Slaughter's talking about how they have security in place to keep Brett and Shawn Michaels separated. And Michael Cole asks Vince, who's going to win? And Vince just has that shit-eating grin and says, 
I don't know. He does. Yeah. He, it, spoiler alert. He does. <laughs> Next, we get the Nation of Domination versus Shamrock, LOD, and Ahmed. Um, this was a showcase for Rocky Maivia more than anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, he pins Hawk in the first minute. Granted, with some assistance, but, you know, he does. He pins Ahmed, again, with assistance, but it happens. Um, get some Rocky Sucks chance. Um, Road Dog and Billy Gunn come down to the ring. They've got the, uh, who is it? Is it Billy Gunn has his face painted? They have the pads on. Road Dog throws powder in Animal's face. He gets counted out. Uh, it comes down to Rocky Maivia and Shamrock. Um Rocky hits, like, so we just saw the people's elbow. I think we've seen this already. I might not have called it out, but this is the best looking I've seen it. He hits that spinning DDT where it's almost like he moves like a sling blade and then he hits that DDT. God damn, it looked so good. He was the best at it. I loved watching him do that. Every time he did it, the crowd goes nuts because he made it look smooth as butter, man. Just fucking slide right over, bam, right into the DDT every time. Nobody does that move. I I can't. I don't think anybody does that like him. No, like nobody. to this date, like nobody even does that move. Nope. And it's a damn shame because it's a good looking one. Probably don't want him to because then everybody will do it and it won't mean anything anymore. So I guess we'll take it. Uh, Thank he, you. He hits a people's elbow to count again. Uh, Shamrock ends up getting that ankle lock on for the win. He's the sole survivor. So there you go. Next, we get a quick little commercial for the next In Your House on December 7th. It is the DX In Your House pay-per-view. And it is the first time that we hear the new or the the actual Degeneration X theme song, which you may have heard just recently. Which uh, I think we get in full. Do we get it at the pay-per-view? No, we we don't get it until Raw. What's that? The actual theme. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get there shortly. Next, uh, a good match that, well, it was an okay match. This match was actually pretty short. Uh, I'm I'm wondering if Austin wasn't 100% yet. Uh, But it is Austin versus someone for the IC title. Uh, You know, they do the whole recap. uh, King of the Ring, winning that, the promo. Austin getting injured, his match against Brett. You know, all that. And then they show a picture of Austin. He's got... A photo of Owen holding up his slammies. And he's got one of those deer targets. You know, it looks like a real deer, but it's a target for bow hunting. And he puts the picture on the deer's ass and shoots an arrow into it. Hilarious. Uh, they do the uh, the cool entrance, entrance with Austin where the glass breaks, except only half the glass broke. <laughs> and Austin kind of shoulders through the other half that didn't break. He like shoulders it like when you're walking down a hall and you know you want to hit someone with your shoulder. It's exactly what he does. He just hits it hard. And I was I always wondered if half of it was supposed to break or not. I don't know. I, I it yeah it looked the way it broke at exactly the middle. Mm-hmm. It looked like only half was supposed to happen. Yeah, I don't know. I was kind of suspect, but I love that Austin was just like fuck this, just shouldered it. It was great. Yeah. Um, early. Well, in the- let's be honest. I mean, they don't ag- exactly have the best of history when it comes to that sugar glass breaking when you need it to. 
when we eventually get to King of the Ring, Shane McMahon and Kurt Angle, you'll know what I mean. Oh yeah, no, I know. I uh, yeah, I do it again. No. <laughs> uh, early in the match, already ma- dead. <laughs> exactly. Early in the match, and I'm talking like within the first sixty seconds, we're getting chants from the crowd saying, "Break his neck, break his neck." He already did. Um, and, and what I do like is they they fed off of that, and Owen immediately goes for a pile driver gets reversed but the crowd popped when he went to get, to hit it um owen's trying to get dq'd ref won't do it uh at one point owen rings the bell himself um but i mean again this match didn't last long austin hits an odd reversal into the stunner for the win furnace and lafon run in post-match uh they both eat a stunner that's it i think everybody was just waiting for the inevitable yep all right uh next what i thought was really cool do you remember this ad from the wwf I forgot all about it until I saw it. It was basically remind me what the ad was. It was basically the wrestlers like saying, "I'm not an athlete, huh?" And it talks about like each wrestler talks about their athletic past. You know, I played football, I played soccer, you know, whatever. It was basically an try attitude. lacing my boots. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was an attitude. Oh era yeah, commercial. I love that one. They're yeah. all in like a a bronzed looking barn. Like everything, you know, it's like a brown-looking kind of background, everything. And yeah, I yeah. That. I love that one. Yeah. Yep. That no, was really cool. All right, well, let's get to the main I actually of- like that promo, and they kind of, they start to use that one a lot heading into, uh, I feel like, the Attitude Era, making them more that, like, so that you, you still have, Undertaker's a character, but he's also still a a man, He's a, like, and he's going through shit, and he's putting his life on the line for you to entertain. I feel like they, it was just, I don't know, it was kind of... It, they use that, I feel like, a lot more in the Attitude Era. At least that video that well, video, uh, bit, bit package. It was definitely planned to because at the end it just shows the W, the new WWF you know, logo and it says Attitude underneath it. Mm-hmm. So we're def- that's definitely what they're pushing. It should have just wrote R.I.P. Brett under it. <laughs> well, like, come on, the writing was on the wall. I just, I, uh, you know what bothers me? Do you know what really, really bothers me? Is that I went ahead and watched next week's flick so it didn't help me all right go ahead all right uh for both entrants they have uh they show their stables walking from the locker room to the ramp cool shot to see god it's supposed to be your heartbeat going and god damn it i loved when they did that man they only do that when they lower the cage nowadays they used to do it showing both guys go to the ring the next time i think i remember it really big is when austin and Michaels go to the ring at WrestleMania. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, yeah they, they did just, use uh, it a lot more back then. But, yeah, and, and you see Brett walking with his whole family. Well, not his whole family, but you got Brett, Bulldog, and one of his kids there. Yeah. Yeah, Ugh. it was intense. So, yeah, there, there was a sign that I saw. Uh, it said, Sean is a fag. Sorry, I don't like to use that word, but I'm using it just to say what the sign said. No, there were. I got to be honest with you. There's a lot of hateful Shawn Michaels signs. Um, that that was a that was a nice one. Yeah, yeah, there were a ton for sure. Uh, Brawl- Not that that's nice. I'm just <laughs> there's this match. You know, I've said this before about other matches, especially matches that we that are you know high profile that a lot of people refer to. Uh, that have historical significance that we reference all the time, right? 
And a couple times, you know, some of the ones that we've watched along the way, I've said, you know, there really is a big fight feel. Dude, this might be the biggest fight feel. The crowd was amped to 11. It was like a carnival. I thought fans were going to start jumping the barricade. They were fighting in the crowd. Sean was interacting with the fans. It was it was just insane. The match, it, they fought for 10 minutes, 15 minutes before the bell rang and the match started. Yeah. It was insane. Yeah. And typically I would say, you know what, don't do that shit. But in this fucking instance, they just were fucking reckless. They didn't give a shit. And Lawler calls it out. He says, this is a good old-fashioned fight between two guys that hate each other's guts. That's what it fucking felt like. Even with the screw job What's- aside... This match was a fucking, these guys hated each other, and they're going to fucking fix it. They're going to, somebody's going to win. And I'll be honest, this is one of those ones, but you've said this, the, you just sit back and watch. It really is that. And look at, I like the Iron Man match. I like their ladder match. Um, I like their uh, Survivor Series 92 match. For me, this is awesome because it felt real. Like you just said, big fight feel. Um, and it really is. You got the whole, you know, country on one man's side right here yeah. and uh Bret Hart Michael's got a set of balls to go through the crowd after laying the fucking flag down and humping it mm-hmm. in the middle of the ring before the match begins yeah and wiping so, his nose and blowing snot into it yep and one thing I did watch was I had to man I went and watched greatest rivalries that that one that doc I always mentioned between oh, yeah. Brett and Sean yep um, I only went to Montreal. I just wanted to hear their take on the whole thing. Right. Um, and towards the end of it, and I'll, I'll reference something again later, but one thing that Brett says, he goes, you know, you think it's because of all the, the bad things you did. He goes, it's because you laid the flag in the ring and began to hump it. That's why the whole country hates you. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I'm like, that's true, because that thing carried him the rest of his life, man. Every time he stepped foot in Canada, booed to shreds. Mm-hmm. All began really pretty much this night. Well, not really. Everybody pretty much hated him before that. Uh, but you're right, man. They fought solid 15, then the bell rings, and now it's a wrestling match, which still, there is... N- they didn't even say this is a no DQ match, but it was basically a no DQ match. Right. And you had, and see, that's the thing. There was other madness there. There was three refs at ringside. There was Slaughter. There was Vince and all the Stooges, Patterson and, and Briscoe. I mean, it was, it was insanity. It was insanity. And we know, I mean, I guess that's the fucking whole thing about it, right? Scott Hall swears it's a work. Um, but, I mean... I don't know, man. It's fucking crazy. I mean, what might have been a work? What was what happened afterwards? I don't fucking know. That's the great thing about it. Cornette swears up and down that it was the real deal because he was the one that suggested it to Vince. Um, but, you know, the only last thing that I'll say about this is because, I mean, I don't think we really need to spend too much more time on this. There was a sign that said, good luck in WCW, Brett. So somebody was taking advantage of their AOL subscription. Yeah, it's true. And, you know. Let's obviously just go to the inevitable, sure. the screw job itself, which is the sharpshooter. Well, Sean jumps, or I'm sorry, Brett jumps off of the top rope or the second rope, and Sean catches him, puts him into the sharpshooter the wrong way, yep, and then adjusts it. Which, going to the greatest rivalries thing, Brett sealed his own fate. He goes, "You're putting it on wrong." He didn't even fucking know. He mm. goes, "I just handed him the bullet." to put into the gun. Right. 
Because he could have broken and, up and figured it out, yeah. Right. Like, oh, just anything right there with that whole, like, if that was what the whole bell ringing was supposed to be, uh, McMahon's waiting for the sharpshooter, and he can't fucking put it on properly and goes into, like, a weird figure four. That's Because that's what he almost almost went into. Yeah. Um. The most awkward ring the bell, of course, ever with how. Oh, God. Hebner. Uh, Earl's <clears throat> arm. Yeah. You could see he was staying. He was like bouncing around on his feet, like, fuck, 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 fine, ring it by. And he bounced. He fucking bounced. And, you know, that, oh, yeah. He, he flew out of the ring before anybody. Uh, that's one thing on the greatest rivalries that Brett says is he goes, he goes, that one, I, I always kind of had to give him a pass because what are you going to do? You know what I mean? He's right. Like, what can you do when you're in his situation right there? And you got the boss staring you right in the face. And um, he, you know, he's more pissed with Sean because it's not, you shouldn't screw over the boys. And it's funny. It took Sean fucking like seven years, I think, until he finally found God and was like, ah, I got to be honest, everybody. <laughs> yeah, right. I was in on it, too. No oh, shit. Um, in the infamous, you know, uh, Hunter doing the fuck it. If he's not going to do business, we'll do business for him. And so now what we have is, you know, it's funny. They show you. We've all seen the videos of Brett smashing everything up. Right. And writing right. the letters WCW. It's not what we get. We get a loogie to Vince's face. Yep. Sean rolls out of the ring. Grabs the title. Hunter has like a, a basic stare off with Vince looking at him, watching him wipe it off his face. To this day, I want to know. I He's never said it. I want to know what his thoughts was when he just looked at his eyes and he had like just the biggest, whitest, disgusting, driest loogie hanging off his face in multiple spots of his hair too. Anyway, so... um. And then Sean just runs out of there quick with, um, I believe it's Hunter, and then Gerald Briscoe is by his side mm-hmm. yep. and trying to push him out. And Sean quickly, before even hitting the entrance right there, just puts the title up like, ha-ha, I won, and ran right out. Yep. Playing to the whole thing like, wait, what just happened here? Yeah, Gets good mad, too. Like, what the fuck, man? Yeah. This is bullshit. We got good night from Montreal. That was the closing line. Yeah, yeah and they just – so all the things that you see – we don't get to see yet, which we'll get to, you know, well, let's fuck it. Roll right in, man. That's, that's all we know at this point. There's no more that we could really go into other than everything that, you know, kind of those couple of things that I mentioned about how he, you know, told him how to do the move. Uh, oh, wh- one thing that does get me, I will say this, is that both guys said, and it's funny how, you know, like two guys that really hate each other in this match. Obviously, Sean to himself knows what the finish is unfortunately going to be. But they both said they had a great conversation. They both were at peace with each other at the event because they were like, look, man, I respect you. I respect you. Good luck with everything. They're like, it was actually a really good conversation. And I'm like, it sucks. And then they went out and really put on what looked like the most heated fight. Like they were giving each other real punches, too. But they were doing a great job as pros. And it sucks. Like, what if Brett didn't leave? We'll have to talk about that sometime. All right. <laughs> Let's move on to Raw. All right. Uh, next day, I'd be November 10th. Uh, so, yeah, the show opens up with the DX theme. There you go. It's funny to he- not hear, or I'm sorry, it's funny that nobody pops to it because nobody's heard it yet. You're used to getting the pop when the music hits, and but nobody's heard it, so everybody's like dead quiet. It's hilarious. Um, and it's not doing the 
zoom in of the video and out like you always see right, right? the zoom in of the the entrance video real live shot and it, at this point it's just the crowd from afar showing the ring like the furthest way you could be across from the titan tron and the crowd's like are we live <laughs> Uh, so yeah, DX comes out. Shawn Michaels says DX is on top of the world. Shawn Michaels is going to unload on everybody. Um, phrasing crowd chants. We want Brett. Shawn Michaels says, uh, if you're going to chant, we want Brett. Fact of the matter is Shawn Michaels beat Brett Hart in his home country in his own finishing hold. Ooh, sick burn, bro. My favorite was that <laughs> my favorite was the next part because he had some good lines, but he fucked one up, and he fucked up the first line. He says, WWF isn't big enough for HBK and Shawn Michaels. <laughs> I caught that. <laughs> <laughs> Think you messed that up. You know one, why pal. he may have been flustered? You remember that sign that you said? Yeah. People were chanting that. Oh, yeah, yeah. See, and that's weird because I saw the sign on Peacock, but I didn't hear that chant on Peacock, so... Whoever's doing their editing needs to fucking move shit up. Maybe I should. Well, my version, obviously, loudest day. Oh, God, it was. They were hitting it pretty hard. (laughs) Sean says he ran his ass off down south along with the rest of those dinosaurs. And the ones that aren't dinosaurs are my friends. And they're going to beat the crap out of you. Kind of dug it. Which I have to wonder, you know, we're going to talk about the retaliation side or not retaliation, just whatever nitro has. And I wonder anybody's thoughts all across the business, because at this point right now in real life, we'll never hear about it on, on TV. So we might as well talk about it. Did you notice that mankind isn't on raw this week? You, they play off. It's the beating from Kane, right? He didn't want to come to work oh, because of what happened to Brett. Some guys no-showed coming to work because of that. And I kind of want to know before Brett goes over there, are they like, huh, is he going to be one of the boys who may want to steal the title? Is he is he a problem child? Is he, You know what I mean? Like, I'm kind of curious before he got there how some of the other guys always felt. It's just going to be – it's it's sad to watch that he's gone now at this moment. And, and knowing that he's going to WCW, I'm like, well, fuck, now i got to watch the decline of his entire career. So, yeah, and then some. Yeah, that's an understatement. Not even being funny, yeah. Well, uh, after that uh, zinger of a line, Shamrock's music hits. Uh, he tries to, dude, he just fucking, he couldn't get out what he was trying to say. He tried to pull a gender joke on China. Uh, calls and you, I don't even know what you are. <laughs> yeah, you're not in the kitchen or you should be or something. Oh, my God. If he had said, I don't know what you are, man or female, and then moved on, I would have been fine with that. But he goes, you, you should be in the kitchen. Maybe not. I uh, I go, ah, you lost it there. It's like the person that goes just too far with the joke, and they're like, ah, that's it. That's where you went too far. Now it's racist. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I will say that for the time, I'm not being whatever, but when he said, I don't even know what you are, the crowd did pop pretty hard for that. Yeah, sign of the times. Well, also, everybody just fucked over Bret Hart, so I think China's a part of that in their eyes. Oh, there you go. That's true, too. A little heat there. Uh, Sergeant Slobber comes to the ring. I like that one. Um, 
basically the whole thing is Shamrock wants a title match, and he says, you know what, he does have a title match against you. It hasn't been scheduled as of yet, but he has one. And he says, and he'll be wrestling Triple H tonight. DX will be banned from ringside. Wonder how well that's going to go. We'll find out soon. Next, we get Mark Merrill versus Ahmed Johnson. Um, you know what I noticed in this match? Ahmed Johnson's spine buster has progressively been getting uglier and worse over the past few months. So is his wrestling, and I'm not being sarcastic. He used to... Everything has kind of gone downhill, like everything. Like, he, he was... 96, in 96, we were like, man, he's looking really solid. He's doing good work here. Like, what really could have went wrong? And we're like, well, maybe he's wrestling in 97. He he used to have one of the best-looking spine busters. Yeah. Now it's just garbage. Uh, Marrow hits a low blow for a DQ, uh, and here's his next botch. He tries to hit a TKO on Ahmed, but he Ahmed's just too big. Marrow's not strong enough. Uh, he basically just fell with Ahmed sort of on his shoulders. <laughs> it was fucking pathetic. It looked like he. It was like a trust fall. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they were practicing because this is what it feels like when you hit the when the when you hit the mat. Yeah, it was fucking awful. Uh, then they uh, pan over to the crowd where we see Butterbean in his finest 90s-style African sweater. <laughs> I had the same one. Uh, I'm not fucking kidding. I had one pretty close to it. <laughs> it was handed down to me, but I wore that thing with pride until I got made fun of. Hey, Bill Cosby. Huh? Huh? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Brian Christopher's on commentary for uh, the next match in the light heavyweight tournament. Taka Michinuko versus Devin Storm. Uh, Christopher tries to interfere. Taka drop kicks him off the apron, hits the driver for the win, uh, and fights off with Brian Christopher. There you go. And then that also makes him advance into the next round. Yes. Yep. Uh, we're in the locker room with Michael Cole. Uh, Bradshaw's freaking out, saying something about two jackasses, and Wyndham is down. I swear, I, I, you know, I didn't go back to listen. I swear to God, when this segment first started and they were talking about Wyndham being down, that Bradshaw's something about him being diabetic or something. <laughs> I, <laughs> I I'm going to have to go back and watch it again just to find out. But, yeah, I don't know. Somebody attacked uh, Wyndham. Someone help me. He's got the diabetes. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, next is Recon and Sniper versus the Headbangers. DOA joins the Headbangers as backup. Uh, guess what it happens? The Headbangers win, and it turns into a brawl. Hour two. Yeah. How do you start off hour two? Naturally, with Austin. Uh, Michael Cole's in the ring. It's great. Austin gets in the ring. Cole's standing there at the microphone, and Austin just shoves him aside in the middle of him announcing him. It was great. The nation's music hits, and so it begins. Rocky Maivia comes out, challenges for the IC title, and for the first time, refers as himself as The Rock. Oh, you're right. That is the first time. I actually do not. I, I wow. I didn't even time. catch that. This is this is it. This is the beginning. Um, Austin says, "I got a couple challenges for you. How about you get a decent haircut? You're a piece of crap. I challenge you to flush yourself down the commode. You don't suck because these people say so. You suck because Stone Cold said so." And the look on the Rock's face—he does the wide eye thing, like you mother. Oh, I'm so excited. It. I. It's. 
I didn't know that right after Survivor Series is the biggest kickoff of a feud for pretty much all of the WWF history yeah, because this much. is the biggest one. Yep, 100%. Yeah, that's why I said, and so it begins. Because at first I was like, well, Austin kind of had heat with Farouk and the whole nation, so they'll all come out. And then I saw it was just Rocky. I'm like, oh, shit. I'm like, this is it. Yeah, so it was great. And I did he? Have, I believe he had a nice fanny pack on. <laughs> did, did you ever see the cliff of Kevin Hart dressing up as The Rock for Halloween? Yes, <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> you know all the movies that him and Kevin Hart did together are the reason that. Never mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah that's all right. Good, good back, good to back away. Uh, next we get Jim Ross with Steve Blackman. He gets interrupted by the Bariquas, gets slapped, and then jumps. They roll him into the ring, and then it's Blackman clinic time. He just fucking sweep kicks everybody. Uh, next we get a bunkhouse match, which apparently is just, you're just wearing street clothes. Uh, it's Billy Gunn and, and Road Dogg versus the new Blackjacks, but it's just Bradshaw. Bradshaw goes on a rampage and murders the shit out of them. Uh, but the numbers are too much. Gunn reverses uh, a move into a DDT into a chair, double pin for the cover. Uh, the only thing that I really found interesting about this match was it was pretty cool. Uh, Road Dogg was wearing an Armstrong wrestling tour shirt. I thought that was pretty cool. I did not catch that. I was not actually seeing that. I wasn't looking at his shirt. That's crazy. There you go. Uh, we get more. Um, I will say that uh, obviously they never actually say that it was the New Age Outlaws that took him out. He goes, somebody came in here and did it. The day of the diabetes or whatever the fuck he said, but he did not say anything about the New Age Outlaws or. No, he said it was two road jackasses. Dog. Yeah. Which I, mean. uh, I guess that's who they. Yeah. But I guess, yeah. Well, I mean, you got the headbangers. You got. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. There's a lot of people. Sean and Hidden Hunter. I mean, you got a lot of roster uh, depth there on that. Uh, next, one of my favorite uh, things of the night. It's a, more from the interview with Jeff Jarrett. He talks about having 12 years' experience. And they asked him, you know, why are you, you know, why. He says that Vince is getting a good deal uh, for what he's paying him. I've got 12 years experience. I'm only 30 years old. I don't take steroids. I don't have skeletons in my closet. I want to be the WWF champ. He, uh, JR asks him uh, how he compares to Brett. He says, well, I've never beaten Brett. I want that notch in my belt, uh, but I'm far superior in all aspects. And then. So this thing could have been edited is all I want to say. Right. Because it's obviously old. How did you miss that? Mm-hmm. Or were you? Was Vince still a little loopy from that knockout? Yeah, right. Uh well, oddly enough, he he actually does get that chance in the future. So, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> um, then Jr. does word association. I'm going to give you a name, and you tell me how you feel about it. Okay, Brett, dedicated, nation of domination, strength in numbers. Dude love slash mankind slash cactus. Respect for the guy. Savage. Hardest working wrestler ever known. Legion of Doom. Raw ability. Bischoff. Right place, right time, right wallet. Hogan. Charisma and intelligence equals success. Shawn Michaels. Phenomenal athlete. Triple H. Tag along. China. Um, 
So all he did was just kiss ass basically about everybody there. Yeah. He's supposed I, to be so yeah, I thought outlaw-ish that, right now, and he's like, I like them. I They're good. Savage, Bischoff, and Hogan, he would have ran down. Right. But I'm not going to lie. As soon as the first one, Brett, what was it? Like talent Dedicated. or whatever it Dedicated. was. Or, <laughs> nation. Look at Jeff's from Tennessee. A little southern boy. And I was like, Please don't say something racist. <laughs> that was the first thing I thought it was going to be. <laughs> That's a good call. Even I was like, oh, no, please don't. Please don't. Please don't. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, oh, God, God, God. Uh, oh, oh, strength in the numbers. Oh, oh, nice. Yeah, good answer. Good as a politician's answer right there. Oh, that's a, it's funny. He's like, I don't have skeletons in my closet. That's true. He'll just take your wife directly in front of you while you're while you're wrestling in his company. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, Michael Cole interviews Butterbean. Yeah, that's fine. It, Kurt's like, that's fine, man. You give me a bottle of Percocet, she's yours. <laughs> uh, Cole's interviewing Butterbean. Marrow's music comes on. Uh, Butterbean's plugging an upcoming bout. Marrow interrupts. If you want to re- interview a real boxer, Cole, you interview me. And he starts asking Butterbean, who have you beaten? Don't you ever touch, look at, or come near Sable? You're a nobody. I could knock you out in four rounds or less. Pillsbury, you're the Pillsbury Doughboy. I'm Superman. Uh, and he kind of fucking punks out Butterbean. Um, can we talk about what Butterbean says in return? Where the fuck I don't even find know what this he says. guy? <laughs> I don't know, but he did it in the highest octave voice I've ever heard out of somebody that size. For someone that knocks people out in four rounds or less all the time. What is he talking about? He sounded like he was selling Girl Scout cookies <laughs> to everybody at Raw that night. Well, let me ask you guys this question, huh? Who is Mark Marrow and Sable? I'm Butterbean. It was like cornet. Yeah, oh, it wasn't even it was, that bad, yeah. It was, yeah, it was no, pretty bad. Really high pitch. I didn't expect that to come out of him Me when he neither. started. When he got all mad, I go, "Wait, is that what you sound like in a fight?" No, <laughs> no, please stop! Don't do it! Don't talk! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just getting a ring. Uh, next, uh, we get the return of Undertaker. He's taking on Kama. Uh, Jim Ross says everybody's out there saying, "Oh, I'm an icon! I'm an icon!" Well, there's only one phenom. I like the line. Naturally, the lights go out during the match. Kane music's hit. Uh, Jr. As soon as the the, the lights go out. Jim Ross, oh my God, it's Kane. You think? <laughs> well, I think after a couple of weeks, we don't have to wait for it all the time. We could just be like, hey, look, at Kane's coming here. Yeah, there you go. Uh, not much here. Just... If you heard Shawn Michaels' music hit, he'd be like, oh, here's the boy toy or whatever. So, I mean, same kind of thing. Yeah, fair enough. Still, it was funny. Uh, hey, he called him the right thing. He didn't be like, oh, Jungle Boy, but Jack Perry. There, <laughs> Jacobs Kane. <laughs> he was probably on Lost Med back then. Taker calls uh, Bearer the uh, bulbous figure. Says he's nothing more than an infectious disease. I like that line. But yeah, pretty standard promo between the two. Not much to go over there. Will not fight you. Yeah, that too. Yep, exactly. Yep. Continuing. Continuing. I like that. They'll never fight. That's cool. (laughs) I wonder how that's going to play out. Uh. Main event, Shamrock versus Triple H. Uh, Slaughter stops DX at the ramp, tells him to head to the back. Um, Triple H starts running down Slaughter during the match. Basically, DX isn't allowed at ringside. Well, Rude comes ringside during a distraction. He gets on the apron for another distraction. Slaughter pulls him down. 
Triple H just punches the referee. China runs down. Slaughter pulls her out. Then Shawn Michaels comes in and grabs the briefcase, and it's a count out at the end of the show. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. I, I said that wrong. Tr- Shawn Michaels comes in with the briefcase, hits Shamrock. The show is going off the air as Triple H covers Shamrock. Yes. And as it's fading away, it looks like Shamrock kicked out at like 2.7. Good night, folks. Yeah, good night, folks. Not even a good night, folks. Fade to black. Uh, yeah. I, I think they were not running on all cylinders this night. There was probably, you know, it's because, you know, you would think that with everything that had happened at the pay-per-view that there would have been a lot going on and a lot to play off. But I think, you know, what you mentioned about Mankind and other wrestlers probably had a big morale was probably pretty fucking low. If you if your name wasn't Degeneration X, probably wasn't a lot going on for you. Maybe right. Undertaker and Kane. It's funny because I had heard rumors uh that Taker was a part of that, but no, he, he was there. He, he still came to work, but Mankind did not. Um, obviously, you know, needless to say, you know, Brett is the one that was leaving. It had nothing to do with Owen, Davey, or Neidhart. So that's three other guys who didn't come to work that day either. So a lot of things were rewritten, I'm sure. Right. More than likely. And on to Nitro's happiest opening I think I've ever seen. Oh, boy. NWO music hits as every Nitro starts. Uh, They're all out with Canadian flags. Bischoff has two special announcements. First one is, welcome back. The man that is to wrestling, what Elvis was to music, Kevin Nash. He's getting pushed in a wheelchair, and then he just gets up and walks into the ring. Um, Hall and Nash have their tag titles, even though they're not the tag team champions. Hall does the Lou Gehrig speech. And he says, besides winning Ben Stein's money, there's nothing more I'd rather do than to beat the Giants' ass. Uh, And then Bischoff says, hey, I get to spend a billionaire's money. And uh, I want to introduce the newest addition to the NWO, Bret Hart. Because you're such a knockout kind of guy, damn news travels (laughs) fast. (laughs) Liz plays conductor and leads them in O Canada. Um... And then commentators just like, thank they God say- they weren't in Canada because they would have been booed oh, out of there. They, that may have been they worse. Been, they they might have been murdered. Yeah, they might have been murdered. Oh my gosh! And then like Kurt he- Henning, he's the only one that was able to really kind of carry a tune. And I like that he went to the middle part where they should have been. He's like, "Fucking, I'm starting over." Oh, Canada! <laughs> yeah, they, they give it to Hennig, and <laughs> Hennig's just like, "No." Yeah, it was pretty terrible. Uh, Shivani calls Brett the greatest second gen- generation wrestler ever, and Zabisco just pipes and goes, I knew his dad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Larry. Okay. That may be the best thing he has said on commentary <clears throat> since we've started doing this. <laughs> I knew his dad. Okay, Grandpa. Uh, we-, <laughs> we-, <laughs> we get Gene on medicine. Shut up. We get Gene on the ramp pushing the hotline. Uh, call about. Updates on a confrontation between Bret Hart and what we shall call an opposing promoter. All right. Uh, the next. So they ma- uh, and they said they had someone there backstage. That's the one thing he said. He goes, "We had someone there backstage." Oh, that's right. Yeah. So I'm like, it, obviously, it could have been your Dave Meltzer. Really, that's all it had to be. Is just another person that everybody was relying on back in the day. Right. Whoever your scoop guy was. Um. So, let's see. 
Yep. All right. So next was uh, the most confusing match of the night. Uh, the Blue Bloods are black, back. Not just Dave Taylor. Now it's Dave <laughs> Taylor and, and Steven Regal. They're just, they're back. Okay. Not only are they back, they beat Harlem Heat. Figure that one out. Well, he's out of the TV title picture. Maybe Dave Taylor had to go away for either with an injury or. Yeah, that's probably what it was. Probably. I'd imagine so. Oh, yeah, no one rehab back in these days. They just toughed it out and did more. (laughs) Right. Okay. After that, we get the Nitro Girls. And the only reason that I'm putting this in there is because Shivani calls them a banquet for the eyes. That's (laughs) one way to put it. All three. (laughs) Next, we get Disco Dung Pile versus Jericho. Uh... This is the first time that they get... Ref- uh, I'm sorry, the flock comes through the crowd. Uh, Tanae actually refers to them that way. It's the first time we've heard it. Nice to see Jericho getting the easy win with the Lion Tamer. Uh, Disco's leaving and Kidman just throws water at him. Punks him. But Disco actually jumps him. Sick Boy jumps the rail, jumps Disco Inferno. Oh, excuse me. Uh, Scotty Riggs makes the save out of nowhere doing his best pirate impression. And Raven keeps him at bay, basically playing mind tricks with him. Apparently, when Arr. Raven beat him the week before and face planted him on the chair, it damaged his eye. It made him a pirate. Yar. There's a pirate on our team. <laughs> oh, hey, Riggs. <laughs> <laughs> Next, we get the Barbarian versus Glacier. Um, this was another weird one. It just fell flat. Fucking Jimmy Hart is back. He shows up for the distraction, but he just gets blasted by Glacier, who gets the win. And then Mang comes out, hits the tongue, death grip, post-match. That's it. Yep. Then Raven hits the ring with the flock. He apologizes to Riggs for the damage he did to his eyes. It was an accident. I feel your pain. He cuts a promo. And then Boy George gets in the ring. <laughs> Which is apparently Van Hammer, if, if you are remember him from back in the day on... Nitro and WCW. Yeah. Kind of uh, moved to Saturday night. Yeah, pretty yeah, pretty much. Uh, after that, you get a video package on the uh, exciting feud between Goldberg and Mongo. Um, uh, dude, it's just confusing shit on fucking Nitro tonight. You get Eugene Nagata versus Alex Wright. At one point, Ono is trying to bribe Deborah with a bankroll, who, and naturally she takes it, and then he kisses her. Deborah slaps him, and Nagata wins. Okay. Looks like you just wasted your money so, for nothing. And it's really funny to me for how often Bischoff bitches about things on AEW not making sense nowadays. I'm like, hey, did you ever watch any of your shows? Exactly. Nothing has rhyme or reason. None of the matches or feuds are, I mean, maybe a little here with Flair, a little bit with the NWO, and that's eh, pretty much it. Good night, folks. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I mean, uh, read the rest, but I'm sorry. I pretty much just said everything. Oh, Sting. Go. That, that, or, that or he's just <laughs> able to call it out because he knows what bad booking looks like. <laughs> Uh, hour two. Yeah, well, every guy who's been through a shitty marriage is going to tell you don't get married, but at the same point, they're still going to fucking do it. Whether you know what I mean? Yeah, I guess. How about just get better booking? There you go. All right. Hour two or better marriage. Naturally, that too <laughs> starts off with the NWO music. It's just Hogan and Bischoff. They look pissed. Somebody snuck into their locker room and left a movie poster. Can you believe the dastardly deeds? Uh, basically, it's a movie poster for a movie called The Real Reason. Not familiar with it, but Sting's in it. 
And that's enough to send Hogan over the edge. He calls out Sting, we're not waiting for the pay-per-view. We're doing this tonight. Over a poster. Over a I'd poster. I'd much rather Sting, uh, Sting took a shit in his room. Right, exactly. They probably would have been less pissed about that. They probably just would have thought it was savage. Um, What's that smell? <laughs> Dicky. Oh, God. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Next, we get Benoit versus Saturn for the TV title. Uh, the flock swarms. Benoit's able to take them all out. Uh, he locks in the crippler, but there's a distraction by Van Hammer or, or Boy George, whatever you want to call him. And then out of fucking nowhere, Fit Finley just interferes. What the fuck is going yep. on on this show tonight? It's really all over the place. I feel like <sighs> everybody was off with whatever happened. With Montreal screw job. I, I, everything seemed really weird. Right. Exactly. Uh, we get Gene on the ramp with Flair. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. Then we mm-hmm. get Eddie versus Ray for the cruiserweight title. Another match. Uh, this time, Eddie wins. Malenko comes out, stares at Eddie, and then leaves. Again, what the fuck is happening? Solid booking, Eric. Next, you get you're my- such a knockout guy. Yeah. <laughs> Next, we get Macho versus Ray Trailer. Uh, we've seen this match before, haven't we? <laughs> I swear to God, I was like, "Oh, cool, Savage and Boss Man from back in uh, 88, 89. I'm like, I'm just watching Saturday Night's main, main event right now. <laughs> oh man, yeah, fucking! I swear to God, I was like, "Please tell me one man gang and Hogan come out right now." <laughs> yeah, right. Macho hits like wins, hits four elbows. Liz gets spray paint and spray paints NWO on Trailer. Hooray! <clears throat> Next, we get Henning versus DDP for the U.S. title. Hennig DQs himself. Like, this is the thing, man. There's not much to talk about here. Then there's Flair versus Luger. They had a solid long I know, match. It, 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 it really sounds like we're phoning this in. We're not. No, there's They not. were phoning it in. Yeah, we're yeah, just exactly. telling you everything that happened in detail. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you, if you're going to happen to watch along with us and Flair versus Luger, go ahead and watch it. it it's a good match. I'm not really wrong with it. Yeah. Other than Hennig that interferes like you would expect, and it's a DQ. Uh, basically, everybody's pissed at each other. Luger's pissed at Flair for interfering. Flair's pissed off at Hennig. Uh, so Luger press slams Flair into Hennig, and then Flair just starts beating the shit out of Hennig, and they fight off. Uh, Hogan and Bischoff to the ring. They call out Sting. Sting repels. Sting drops the bat. Hogan drops the title. They go face-to-face. The NWO beats the shit out of Sting. Hogan says, I am God. And they didn't even get a good night, folks, because commentary was so disgusted at the NWO that they just said, all right, we'll see you guys later. Just cut him, cut away from him. It's the first time that Sting has actually gotten his ass kicked. It is, yep. Or done anything. Good like call. This. So it's obviously a big thing for the build towards Starcade. Yep. But it was your good night, folks, in a way. That was the end of it. Um... Before we keep this Montreal train rolling into the top topic, I have something I need to admit to you. You're no fool. I am 38 years old, mm-hmm. and I so that's how old I was when I found out Mr. Perfect. His last name is not Hen Ng. Yeah, no shit. Why do you think I've yeah. been enunciating it? 
that way the whole time. For a long I was, time. I was every waiting time for you. you say Hennig, I'm like, yo, does he have like it a took uh, you this long? Uh, like a nasally nose, like Kurt Hennig, like like Jenny. I thought that's what you were doing, more of like that. And I'm like, how come he's not doing the ing? He's like Hennig. I I have been doing it from day one, waiting for you. Waiting for you. I've been enunciating on purpose just for you to be like, why the fuck do you keep saying it that way, bro? <laughs> but I'm not the only one, right? I can't be the only one that calls him Henning. You're probably not. Probably not. Because I don't know, man. Just to me, he was always Mr. Perfect, and I even called him that when I was watching back when he was in WCW. Right. And, and, but, but even when he went over there, I was like, yeah, Kurt Henning, yeah, whatever. And I wasn't really apparently reading. And I was like, but no shit, it's Hennig. Uh, again, I thought you were like, Kurt Hennig, he's Mr. Perfect. <laughs> All right, like, man, let's, let's, let's go to the top topic. I was Kurt Hennig. <laughs> oh, ladies and gentlemen, it's now time for... What do you think, ODM? Should I talk like Forrest Gump, the rest of the top topic? Uh, you can. I just, I'll drop off and you can finish by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go catch a bite. Peace. No. All right. Look, at you and I have, we talked about this a couple of times. We've done certain shows where we have rebooked history. We've brought the, you know, what if uh, factor to some things. But one of the biggest things is what if. Bret Hart never left the WWF. What if all's was well uh, and, and Vince and him came to an agreement on a better contract? <clears throat> I got to be honest with you. I think a lot of things could have been very different. And needless to say, to say that Owen would be alive at least longer, I would say, uh, than he was. Because Bret said there was no way I would have let him propel down there. That's not what we're here to do. But I do want to get into some of the what could have happened. Let's say Brett actually re-signed. Kind of like, you remember the day that Money in the Bank is the day that Punk put pen to paper to, to renew his contract when he won the WWE title from John Cena. Let's say that day, Vince, Brett, they came to an agreement. He's staying. So... Here's where I see things going. ODM, I want you to chime in when you feel like you want to or if you say that wouldn't have worked, okay? All right. Here we go. Brett does, if he resigns and they come to an agreement, Brett does drop the title in Montreal. No screw job. Drops the title. And they have a rematch at the Rumble where now... Somehow, Brett is going to understand that he is, maybe, 
he, he doesn't have to be the world champion the whole time because he knows even for Brett, him and Sean wanted to be the new guys coming through and Savage and Hogan held them back, right? So hopefully in 98 by this time, he's willing to let your Steve Austins get up there into the picture where they need to be. Where I would see this going is Sean uh, winning the title as Survivor Series. They have their rematch at the Rumble and with the help of DX, he will retain. Now, what that does is that takes away your Undertaker casket match. Truth is, I don't think that he needed to be in that picture because you already had Taker going forward with Kane, right? But to me, I think Taker and Sean had to be done for star power for Royal Rumble alone because of everything that went down with the Montreal Screwjob, everything alone. That's my own personal opinion. I think Taker could have been in the 98 Rumble and eliminated somehow by Kane. Austin still wins. I think Rocky winning the Intercontinental title, what we will see soon from Austin, I think Rocky could have very easily feuded with Owen. Owen didn't need to go into the Nation of Domination. You can't tell me it wasn't weird when it was an all-black group since day one. All of a sudden, they're like, and here's our friend Owen, who's going to wear a road sign or a yellow tape. <laughs> it was weird, right? Didn't need yep. to happen. And in that time, though, Slaughter still makes Shawn Michaels defend his European title because he's still the double champ and he hasn't defended it against Triple H, and they do the exact same thing. Triple H still gets that European title. You head into WrestleMania. Here's how I would actually have this all listed out. Your world title is still Shawn Michaels now feuding with Steve Austin. Undertaker and Kane still happens. But I would make for the European title instead of Triple H and Owen, I would do Triple H and Brett. That elevates Triple H and at the same time makes that feud still keep going. New Age Outlaws being the tag champs very easily could be against Owen and Bulldog. I don't think you needed to have the dumpster match. You had Foley there as Mankind, Cactus Jack, Dude Love. If you were bringing in Chainsaw Charlie, you could have very easily did Foley and Chainsaw Charlie at WrestleMania right mm -hmm. there. Yeah. Still do your tag battle royal and your light uh, heavyweight title. And even Rock versus Shamrock for the IC title. Everything still stays, stays the same. The only difference is with the Mark Marrow in Sable versus Goldust in Luna Vachon match. I think I would have had Terry Marlena get involved somehow personally just maybe it's because of how much we just watched also i need to give a little shout out maybe i put too much of the audio clip in last week <laughs> you texted me you're like i still feel uncomfortable i need to take a shower <laughs> <clears throat> so okay that's how i would have booked your wrestlemania 14 for your next year Here's where I see it happening. You still have X-Pac come over the night after, and you got your full-fledged DX crew, even with New Age Outlaws. I could actually see Austin the next month. Instead of taking on a random, out-of-nowhere, heel-turned-dude-love in April for no reason, because you needed someone, how easy could it have been to set up Brett's or I'm sorry, Steve Austin's very first title defense, Bret Hart and Owen in a triple threat. Both guys that you've had a huge history with. At least getting Bret and Owen out of the way 
And then he can still continue on. If you want to do Foley, you still have him and Taker at SummerSlam. Him as in Austin I'm talking about. Austin and Taker at SummerSlam. And then I think Austin versus Rock should happen at Survivor Series. Don't wait all the way to WrestleMania 15. Get that going a little a little sooner than you needed to. They went way too much into Austin. This is also obviously going into the fact that Mr. McMahon is not a character. I think that's kind of without saying. Maybe it isn't without saying, but it is within a say. Now. So where does Brett go, though, for the rest of 98? Again, in April, you have him and Owen in that triple threat. From there, think about some of your guys that are there. Brett is still your heel all-Canadian or all-international guy who hates everything about Americans and their fans. Fucking Val Venus is now debuting in 98, by the way. (laughs) Who better to feud with for a little bit? That's a huge thing. I think that would have been a great start for Val Venus. I think he could have faced off with Shawn Michaels at some point. Again, maybe King of the Ring. They have another match, something of... uh, whatever kind of stipulations, whatever the case could be. And I really think that Brett and Owen at some point could have even went for the tag team titles with each other. He didn't have to be in the world title picture throughout this time. But at WrestleMania 15, while Austin and and Rock are having their rematch, Big Show versus Bret Hart, I think would have been huge. Him Hmm. crossing over. He came over in February I think Brett and Big Show could have been, it's that new guy coming in, and maybe at that point you could have had Brett go face because he came in as Paul White, as a bad guy, and he's under the wing of the corporation and everything. Just saying, I think that could have been a good spot for him. And I think at this point you could even turn all of the Hart Foundation face and having them go against what is your corporation and your ministry of darkness, right? Taking you into, just going a touch further, that Survivor Series, you could have very easily had the Corporation Ministry versus everybody else in the WWF. You have Triple H, The Rock, Undertaker, and Kane against Steve Austin, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, and Mick Foley. Guys who have to come together against the Corporation and the Ministry. And then I had him at WrestleMania 16 taking on Kurt Angle because fucking Kurt Angle is coming in at the end of 99. Why is all this, you may be like, wow, he didn't have a career that lasted all that long. Well, if he didn't get kicked in the head by Goldberg, if he didn't suffer a stroke due to that kick, as well as all the stress from everything in his life, I think he could have had just as long a career as Shawn Michaels did. Shawn went all the way to 2010. I could see Absolutely no reason. Yeah. I I think maybe Brett could have hung it up at 2004 or 5. Absolutely fine with it. Here's some matches that you... That could have happened if the Montreal screw job never happened. Bret Hart could have gone against The Rock at some point with Rock being that world champion. Again, Mick Foley, big show. But you also have your guys who are coming over. Chris Jericho, who's a student of the Hart family as well. So you could have had some storyline mixed into that, whether being him pro Hart Foundation or against him. Eddie Guerrero. Chris Benoit. I mean, we did get a Benoit, Bret Hart, a uh, couple of matches. The Owen tribute match, as well as they fought in the finals, I believe, for the world title at WCW, WCW Mayhem at one point. And again, 
Dean Malenko, and also Kurt Angle. Yeah. And to be honest with you, same goes for Owen Hart if you really think about those other guys, Absolutely. too. Yep. Absolutely. You took there. the words out right out of my mouth. Um, And now let's just say, I told you, he's there till 2002, 2003, 4, something like that. Think about when WCW is officially acquired. Now we have the invasion angle. Look at perfect world. Perfect fucking world, okay? No injuries. The invasion's there. Think about the Survivor Series, that big that big one, right, where Vince finally wins. Mm. Bret Hart, Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, Triple H, and The Rock versus Sting, Hogan, DDP, Goldberg, Flair. And you interchange matches all the way through along the way. And when that invasion is over, you do the same thing you did in 2002. Now you bring in Kevin Nash and Scott Hall on the NWO. Now we may even get Hart versus Hogan at some point. As much as I, I, I would never change WrestleMania 18. Rock, Hogan stays the same. Right. But at WrestleMania 19 in 2003, we, were, we got Hulk Hogan versus Vince McMahon. No reason we couldn't have gotten Hulk Hogan and Bret Hart at some point. Yeah. I that's all my these are my theories again if screw job never happened. It's all perfect world. Obviously none of this is happening. I'm just saying if all parties could have agreed, we could have seen some really cool stuff and I think deep down Bret is very good at his job as a character, whether heel or babyface. He could have played into any situation. He didn't have to be in your tables matches and the ladder matches with the Hardys and the in your edging Christians. But he also didn't have to be a part of uh, banging a corpse in Katie Vick. He could have oh, did do his own things, just like I mean, I, I right, yeah. But my point is, is that you know, Kurt Angle was in a hair storyline with some guys, right? Eh, silly, but at the same point, he wasn't banging Katie Vick. You could still be a part of the game of wrestling and not have to have succumbed to so much of the stupid shit that I personally hated about the Attitude Era. I think Brett's, Brett could have stayed and did pretty well. I wish he did because, unfortunately, you go to WCW and what we're going to be talking about from here to fucking Starcade 99 when he gets kicked in the head by Goldberg, is the horrible, or 2000, whatever, yeah, 99, the horrible decline of what his career is, the things they put him into. He's face one, he's the big show of, of WCW coming up. You're going to watch, he's face, he, uh, face heel, face heel, nonstop. Yep. They didn't know what to do with him. Much like how I said about Samoa Joe earlier today. They didn't know what they were doing with a Bret Hart. And Vince said that. They don't know what to do with him. And I wish he fought harder to have kept him there. Uh, now I want to turn it over to you. Any theories, anything that uh, you want to have tossed in or that you think I may have missed or you thought I was just batshit crazy about? No, you, <clears throat> excuse me, you made big sense. I mean, the only thing that I would have focused on is I agree with you. You said it right off the bat, right off the bat. Uh, Owen wouldn't have died. I don't think Owen would have died. This is, yeah. this is the butterfly effect. So many things would have changed. Uh, and like you said, every match that uh, Brett could have had in WWF or WWE, Owen could have had. Sean would have broke, wouldn't have broke his back. Yeah, that too. Yeah. So many things would have changed, yep. dude. It's just, it's, it's. But is that the one thing you said to me earlier? Yeah. You're like, I think I got one thing I want to say. Yeah. That was it. The Owen thing. Yeah. 
Wow. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it sucks because for someone like him, I don't think that if they wanted to put the title on Owen, they could have done it in 94 many times. Sure. Or 95. Sure. I don't think that he's a guy that wanted that world title because he was a family man. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to do his time. I don't think he wanted to be the the head honcho. That's just me from everything you hear from stories. But man, mid card wise, your Guerreros, Jerichos, Benoit's alone, mm-hmm. he could have had just. I mean, we're talking just a Raw or SmackDown. Yeah, right. Not even talking a high fi- a high profile pay per view match. I'm just talking about a regular weekly match. Your Rob, geez, Rob Van Dam. That's one I never even thought of. He comes in. Even your Jeff Hardys, all these guys that Brett could have even it tangled with. Neidhart could have did without. Bulldog, eh. He came back in 99 wearing denim, denim jeans, jeans, and I was yeah, like, I ah, ah, we're done. <laughs> like, where are you at that stretch pants aren't the thing to wear? You need something that looks as stiff as how you walk? Yeah, I don't know, man. That's what it was. Maybe he skipped leg day. Oh, well, maybe he's walking weird because he uh, he's wearing jeans. No, no, the pills are wearing off. The match is almost over. He's got to go. Too soon? Nah, I think we're, we're past it. Okay, fair enough. Eh, to me, never really cared about Bulldog. Brett, I'm a big, big, big fan. So re-watching it all, to be honest with you, um, and what our next week's movie is, um, it, it just it does kind of sting a bit because to see someone that liked not like loved the business and loved the company he was working for, um, the ending of next week's movie is what really hits you, and you're like, God damn, dude, you're just like all of it. It's just it's a sad situation and unfortunate, and thank God this stuff doesn't happen more often. Yeah, I mean. It has happened. I will say this: if you have not looked into it, there's been other screw jobs in history. Yeah, Cornette um, talks about one of them it on was. Yeah, I believe one of them was Mula taking the title from someone at one point, and she was dressed as like the Masked Spider or something like that, and did a real hard cradle so so someone couldn't get out. I forgot who it was. Maybe like Wendy Richter or something like that. Hmm. You have to look into it. You guys can. I'm not going to because that's the end of the show. Thanks so much for listening to the Top of Wrestling Podcast. We're back next Wednesday at 12 o'clock. As always, I am the professor, Mark Fantasia. I bid you a farewell. And next week, we're going to continue the Monday Night Wars. Someone's pulling double duty. And ODM, he's leaving you with just five words. Get your shit together, Buffalo. The Top of Wrestling Podcast is brought to you by The Top of Wrestling Podcast. Your hosts are The Professor, Mark Fantasia, and ODM, Joe Rizzo, with special weekly segments by Nightwing the Analyst, Rashawn Hilton. Without your continued support, it would just be some guys talking wrestling. Feel free to interact with the show on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and by email at thetopofwrestling at gmail.com. Rooney. <clears throat> mm-hmm. All right, won't need that for a minute. Yo, I'm also battling like a fucking 
tornado over here for some oh. reason. It's like been the windiest fucking day possible. The RV's been shaking, so if it <laughs> you may not hear it personally today, but you may hear it on the actual show. Oh, there you go. Can't be any worse than the time you were actually driving when you recorded. That was a good one. <laughs> that was a good one. I felt like I was then, I, then there was also the one where I was <laughs> when I recorded fucking like three bourbons deep on the Vince, Vince McMahon scandal. And I was just dragging the mic cord across the <laughs> hotel f- wooden floor. I'm like, ah, it's fine. They're not going to hear that. 